Welcome to Very Honored Frater BT's Esoteric Nerd Podcast, episode 115, in which I interview Amandeep Singh for the third time. But first, Transformation. It's one of Amandeep's favorites. Now, last time we left off in the episode with uh, Ryan Villa? Via? I've been saying Villa. That's how we talk in Los Angeles. We say Los Angeles instead of whatever you're supposed to say. Um, I'm going to go ahead and repeat the part that I read in the episode with Ryan because otherwise it won't really make much sense. This is Transformations by John Dan Reeb. Chapter 6 verse 1 Among flowers among trees among coral, among animated creatures of other sorts. There are many different kinds. Among stars, among planets, among galaxies, among microbes. There are many different kinds. That's the way it is in universe, between sunlight and sunclips, and beyond sunlight and sunclips. There are many different kinds. Verse 2. You and I know that. It's obvious. Imagine, though, if you will, a person who despises all flowers but one color of one kind. Maybe it is because he or she has a great experience of the oneness with, around, or because of the one kind, and thereupon forsakes all others, and thereupon sets out to destroy all others. Is this really useful? Verse 3. Surely people have their favorite kinds, and favorite ones of favorite kinds. That's the way many journeyers are, and the way many fleshplace fear junkies are. Verse 4. Yet there are those who would take away life from every kind of something, but one or a few, because of their creation of preferences. These ones are stuck on make rights and make wrongs. They have a game, taking away aliveness in the interest of survival. Verse 5. It is as if they are like a hermit stuck in a dungeon with plenty of food and water for many years till he forgot what light was like. 
somebody threw him a match. He lit it, said, aha! He lit some straw of fire and beheld the light and thought that he had found it. Soon the light went out and he was in darkness and disappointment again, having burned himself with flaming straw. Verse 6. Then, a bit later, just after he had lost all hope, someone threw him a long-life cell flashlight. He'd committed himself for a long time and had never seen one of these before. He turned it on and it glowed for a long time. Though he had long ago lost sense of clock time. He hyped himself into believing that it was the light of the universe. We'll close there for today. Amandeep Singh. Wow. What a character. What a, what a, what a person. What a wizard. What a, a kindred spirit. Uh, I remember once, years ago, I was on surfing around one of the I don't know if it was Golden Dawn Universum or one of the, one of those, one of those Golden Dawn forum type groups on Facebook, and I, I saw Amandeep Singh, and uh, he, the thing I remember him saying was, I appreciate Crowley's writing, but I don't consider him a prophet, and I had never imagined that an Indian man in India uh, would be aware at all of Aleister Crowley, let alone have. Uh, digested and uh, formulated such an opinion on him. So I, at that moment, wrote to him and uh, invited him to come on the podcast. And so he did. And that was years ago. So in this episode, uh, we discuss, I think, the thing that'll be of most interest to, uh, to a lot of viewers and listeners is self-initiation onto the Agori path. That's going to be intriguing for you, no doubt. Uh, so... Points discussed, essence of Agur, meaning of Agur, difference between Gore and Agur, rites and rituals in Agur, about Vajrayana, that's mostly me talking, you might have heard a lot of that before, in previous episodes, difference between Mahayana, uh, Theravada, uh, and Vajrayana, a uh, little bit about Thomas and the Wolf, actually a ton of spoilers about Thomas and the Wolf, so if you haven't read it and you might read it one day, that's my first book. Uh, then I'll, I'll be letting you know when the spoilers are coming and you can skip a little bit so you don't find out all the fun stuff. Uh, about Sir John Dan Reeb, as, uh, as he uh, refers to him, uh, Transformations and uh, Yogi Bhajan, and uh, the Game of Primal Forces, the Sacred Agreements. The Game of Primal Forces is Amandeep's book, which you can find linked to in the description below. H.P. Lovecraft and his works, The Interdimensional Coffee House, that's uh, one of my uh, fictional uh, works, and its spiritual essence, self-initiation into various paths and its importance, and uh, a little bit about sacred mountain places and uh, Mount Kailash in particular, as well as the ancient Agore self-initiation rite. And so, without further ado, actually... Uh, before we get to that, I'm going to do a little something I like to call pulling a Bennett. 
All right, that might have been amusing for some of you. Um, actually, I pulled a Bennett a long time ago. That's basically where you go to India and you don't come back. <clears throat> okay, and so now, without further ado, let's get to that interview, shall we? Good to see yes, you. Please. Good to see you too. <clears throat> How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing fine as well. <laughs> That's great. Oh, <laughs> nice I to like, see you, mate. Nice to see you. I like the, the it's what's that called? The Sikh symbol? Yeah, yeah. This is this is the Sikh symbol. And uh, <clears throat> we are wearing black and the, this cloth is taken uh, because it's uh, symbol of Aghori initiation. Mm. Interesting. I'm also wearing a Just Sikh like symbol. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. That's Kara. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and here present with us. Tan Guru Nanak Sai. <laughs> Have you been through that initiation, the Agori initiation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah Since a long you? time, I've been following the Indian forms of uh, wizardry arts. And uh, Aghori is the main. And uh, a few years back, I took the initiation uh, officially. Mm. Otherwise, there's another way till the time you don't find the guru, you mentally connect to the Shivling, you know, the Shiva link symbol. Okay. And uh, there are some, uh, you know, kind of letters that you write to the Lord itself. Yeah. Mm. And uh, because Shiva is called the primordial guru. So mm. if there is no guru, then you can make Bhairav or Shiva your guru. Mm. Yeah? And he, he taught Mother Parvati as well. He caught, uh, taught Goddess Kali as well. So Mother Parvati got the power of Kali with the help of Shiva guru. Mm. There's one name that he has. It's not Bodhanath or maybe it is something Nath where when he's in his form yeah. as... Hmm? The leader Adinath. of Adinath. The first ah, Nath yes. is Adinath. Hmm. Yeah. Adinath is the first Nath. The second form uh, from which the Nath lineage starts hmm. is Adinath first. Second is Machindranath, the student. And then Machindranath got the boon from Shiva that, yes, I will come as your student in my next life form, which was Guru Goraknath. Oh, Gurukanath. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. The uh, yeah, Pew, yeah, yeah. Pew was describing a time when he raised the dead or when all of the yeah, ghosts yeah. were following him. It reminded me a bit. Have you seen Lord of the Rings, those three movies? Yeah, 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 yeah. The Return of the those King. Those are legendary movies. Return yeah. of the King, where he finally takes up the sword and then the the ghost army is, uh, is following him, uh, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sort of a recognizable image that people can can think of for uh, Guru Ganath. Guru Ganath, exactly, mm. exactly, exactly. Now, what was the situation? I mean, I hope you don't mind me taking the conversation in a weird direction right away, but he, he was fighting someone? Well, uh, that uh, complete story, I don't know, but there are oh, that's many cool. instances, not just one. Mm. Not just one, there are many instances in which he raised the dead. Mm. 
sometimes to ask the questions of their uh, life story that mm. why did this happen because it was you know you can say it was the uh, written script of the lord and it was the written script of the fate that guru goraknath has to come there is a saint which will come and that saint is going to raise you from dead and then then he will ask you the story of your life and then you will recite your story and then he will deliver you from this uh, pain and you will be the only uh, you can say uh, a point and you know kind of uh, milestone from which the real event is going to happen mm. real event is not that person who is going to be raised from the dead but he got the boon many a times there were uh, a lot of uh, devotees who were killed by evil kings okay. so <clears throat> raising that devotee from dead is not the real event he got the boon from lord shiva mm -hmm. that goraknath will come and he will raise you from dead and the real event will happen which is killing that king that oh. evil king oh okay yeah oh, cool wow <laughs> yeah very interesting now aguri i mean of course i think the people who are familiar with aguri are familiar with the guys that hang out in the uh you know the cemetery the the ashes cemeteries yes sometimes yes. they 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 do forbidden things they sort of left hand path tantra things like eat the uh yeah the, yeah. the dead um so yeah. i mean i i hesitate to ask but uh is there anything you can share that you went through for your initiation and did it involve any of these taboos well there are two paths you know agori is the ancient one Aghori is the ancient one. Now, what is Aghor? First of all, I would like to explain what is Aghor. It is the very deep essence of bhakti, you know, extreme. But, you know, to be extreme, to be extreme, you got to be very neutral. Mm. I mean, just go into the psychology. Child does not have any... issues right. with anyone yeah. nothing is good or bad for him you yeah. know yeah they he told does me not even identity oh sorry yeah yeah, yeah. They, they told me when i was young you know uh when i started going to the bathroom by myself <laughs> hope people yeah. don't mind uh me telling this story but anyway uh you know don't don't get any of this this poop in your mouth you know and so i was yeah. like well why not you know what what's so bad you know and so when i was alone the door was closed one day and i was you know old enough to go by myself and i had some on my hand and i yeah. and i and i found out firsthand that i okay don't ever do that again in your life but i still yeah, remember yeah. the taste and i was about 3 years <laughs> old but but i it could attest to that that yeah as an adult we yeah. we sort of embody we absorb these these tattoos or these uh, tattoos these taboos or these uh taboos yeah yeah but then but but the baby doesn't have any taboos baby doesn't have any taboos yeah. and he's neutral mm. and who is aghor now i'm going to tell you who is aghor one aspect of life according to the western uh, philosophy of occult it is quite related mm. you know one is macrocosm one is microcosm mm. yeah mm. 
as above, so below. So one is the below, one is the above. One is the manifested one, and one is the unmanifested, which will remain the same yeah. always. And one is dynamic, which is the same thing, but it will keep on changing the shapes and sizes or whatever forms, you know? Yeah. So yeah. one is formless, and the same energy is got manifested into different forms, and it mm. will keep changing the forms, right. and it's dynamic. So whatever is changing is ghor. Oh. oh, so ah means not. Yeah, ah means oh. not. It's simple and it's neutral. Okay. So okay. it is completely simple, subtle, simple, and very easy, you know? So mm. aghor is not difficult, you know? Mm. But to reach that state, an aghor has to achieve the mind that he uh, does not identify as the difference between urine and gangaja. Right, right. And also, there are medicinal into things. A little bit of that, I think. Some, some of yeah, the yeah, yeah. the things that horrify, you know, the traditional golden donors and other Christians and sorts when they find out that yeah, yeah, he was yeah. saying, "People, congratulations! You're almost finished. You're almost a master. But first, I need you to eat this bowl of refu yeah. refuse. <laughs> this bowl of poop, <laughs> and uh, they yeah. had to do it, you know, as part of their initiation to." show that they yeah. have no limits. It's a, yeah. an unusual yeah. way of doing that. I don't necessarily recommend that, but I kind of can see where he was coming from and he probably was uh, was informed a bit by the Agor, I would imagine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Might be because these kind of rituals have been associated with some medicinal things as well. Mm. I don't know how did they knew. Aghori is a kind of... Uh, scientist as well mm. because a nath lineage uh, they live in groups nuts they live in groups they live in with their disciples mm. you know but aghori is alone mm. they are more like mad scientists <laughs> yeah. they will keep on uh, you know experimenting uh, you know here and there and whatever you know yeah so dark things and everything and all the dark energies and lower things and higher things all all walk with them mm. so whole cemetery whole powers of cemetery walks with them mm. so if they are experimenting those energies are also experimenting on an agori <laughs> right. yeah if you look into the yeah. void the void looks back <laughs> the void looks back yeah exactly so that is what is happening there and might be the new that you know you you yourself would know that a lot of medicines in chinese herbal mm. are made by your own urine, you know, mm. and a lot of sexual problems in men are, uh, you know, corrected by boiling their urine and then they take out the residue and make pills out of it, you know, mm. something like that. They, they add herbs as well, mm. but information, the minute information of our DNA and by drinking the urine, you are communicating to your mind that no, you have committed uh, one mistake you have uh, done one mistake that these were necessary nutrients and you have not absorbed those oh. you know now mm. i drink my urine once again and i command you that all those necessary nutrients shall be uh, inside me mm. from now on you're like commanding many a times so with 
consuming theirs too in different ways. They uh, used to uh, do the same ritual for yeah. their body, mind, and soul. Hmm. And in spiritual terms, consuming this tool means if you have accepted the filthiest thing, source, then that thing is yours, you know. Obviously, he's going to give you struggles. Obviously, uh, that supreme force is going to test you. If you have consumed the filthiest thing, you know, uh, you do not uh, see any difference between holy water and that stool. You know, right. then you are completely neutral, you know, then nothing mm. can affect you. Mm. That is the main yeah. philosophy. And then, of course, in India, uh, the, the sacred cows, urine and, and dung are used medicinally as well. Exactly, exactly. And even in our fire rites that we do in Aghor, mm -hmm. uh, we use cow dung. I have a lot of cow dung up there in my uh, worship place. Mm. The cow dung with camphor and we set ablaze the fire of Aghor mm. and invite all the powers inside those flames. Wow. Okay. I think we're back, right? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're live? Back. Okay, cool, cool. Um, they, it was also reminding me of uh, the process of, of getting the best, the getting the most out of the Amanita muscaria mushroom, those red ones with the white spots. It's part of it. First, you eat the mushroom, and then you collect your urine, yeah. and then you drink your urine. So maybe the first time yeah, around, yeah, the body yeah. says, oh, uh, this these things are going to make us hallucinate, so we'll get rid of those. And then you take it back. No, 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 we're doing this on purpose. And then the body says, okay, I yeah, mean, something yeah. like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So our bodies are very powerful and adaptable. And uh, if you can see that there are genius and powerful sportsmen who have been able to exceed their limits, you know, mm. people crime, climbing Everest and people doing those things which are, you know, you're ripping off your soul and, you know, you're exceeding the limits, you know, mm. which is mm. not possible for everybody. But yeah, in the essence, it is possible for everybody, but mm. everybody is not pushing the correct buttons right. and not using the body correctly. Right. That's, that's the main thing. And it can be hazardous to go an entire lifetime not pushing yourself and then suddenly start pushing yourself. That can actually kill you, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you want to build up exactly. to Everest. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. Start yeah, exactly. You got to build up track. slowly and steadily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm. So you're up in Punjab? I see a very beautiful setup there. Oh, thank I'm you. I'm in Punjab nowadays. I noticed some uh, beautiful uh, pictures of, of some some trails recently. Yeah, yeah. Very nice. Those are musicians sitting back there. Oh, okay. What are their names? <laughs> or just musicians? Oh, they're just sculptures from Rajasthan. Oh, okay. Nice. I, uh, I, I have all my mess outside of the view of the screen, but uh, within view, we have the Pure Land Buddhist uh, uh, Kakejiku, I, I think that's the name of it. It's a hanging banner with, uh, with, with the symbols of various Pure Land Buddhist temples 
they're the ones that daily they chant to Amitabha, and uh, he's the red Buddha okay. who sits in the west, and uh, and uh, then they then Amitabha uh, Amitabha helps them to come into the the pure land in their next yeah. life, so that they can. Oh meditate without distractions and and finally attain nirvana that's that was a dogen my my interest actually in pure land buddhism is in that that was the religion that dogen was raised in ehe dogen who he ended up going to china and bringing chan which became zen when it became when it brought was brought into japan so uh so he he grew up pure land buddhist and kind of wasn't satisfied so he went and sought out what he considered a truer form of buddhism and then for for him that was zen so yeah. uh then then this other one is is more of a tendai or a ten tendai and uh one other i think uh different type of buddhism here we have a uh a tonka painting painted by, I believe it was okay. one of the Goyals, uh, my friends in, in Kathmandu, and then of course my books. Oh yeah, 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 Goyals, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen their pictures. They're from also from Punjab, but they're uh, professional Tonka okay. painters now in Kathmandu. And, uh, okay. and oh, and uh, for people who want, you can listen to their interview right there. Anyway, um, that's Sarasvati up on top of the of the bookshelf, of course, the knowledge. So goddess of knowledge, okay. and there's all the knowledge. That's great. That's, yeah, that's beautiful. And then off screen, off screen, I have my Christian things, including this liturgical chalice for when I want to do chalice. Yeah, when I want to conduct I mass for myself. Yeah. And kind then, of uh, holy grail and uh, the symbolic. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's very beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Very nice. So it's been four <laughs> years, I think. The last time we did, wait, so just for people who are watching, if you want, you can listen to the first interview with Amandeep by clicking here. Those of you who are not watching, who are on YouTube, uh, who are not on YouTube and who are listening only, I apologize. I'm pointing at the screen and, you know, uh, so that's the first time. And then the second one was right here. That was when I had just arrived in India and just started dating Priyal who has now been my wife for almost four years. So it, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, we had a great time. And uh, the first time we had beers together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Beers and cookies. So yeah. since then, you've been through a few things. You published a book, right? Yeah, uh, I published a book. And uh, in that book, as I mentioned, that uh, I was quite impressed by the book written by your father, which is Transformations. And uh, there is a special, yeah, beautiful, awesome. Yes. <laughs> I mean, whosoever is uh, wanting to learn about the essence of uh, spirituality and especially a touch of Freemasonry, you know? Mm -hmm. So rather than reading any, uh, nonsensical stuff they should read this this is actually freemasonry mm. this is the essence of freemasonry this is the essence of spirituality and i love the chapter which is the most mystical thing and uh, yes i agreed to the agreements the chapter right. of agreements yeah by in 
being inspired by the chapter written by uh, Sir John Dan Reeb. Mm. That was his name, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was quite impressed by that chapter. So I gave a tribute to him and uh, I wrote it in my words what mm. I feel about the agreements. Yes, there are agreements between higher and the lower worlds. So that is why no dark force is going to interfere in the works of the lighter, the bright side. The bright side is not going to interfere into the darker side. So there has to be some agreements at some level. Mm. These are still the lower agreements. The higher agreements would be that, yes, I have agreed to be Amandeep Singh in this body, and I will forget that who am I in reality. Yeah. So this game is a dangerous game. <laughs> yeah. And so your it book is, is a called dangerous game, isn't it? Your book is called The Game of Life, right? The Game of Primal Forces. The Game of Primal Forces. The Game of Primordial Forces. Primordial Forces. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'll, uh, so I'll this put... idea, uh, this name, this uh, feeling, this name, I got from the feeling of the book that I have read. Mm. And I also like to see life as a game. Yeah, sort of a capital G game. Weapons, you know? Yeah. As we say that humans have got all the powers, all the energies hidden inside them. Right. Now, you make them forget, delete all the data, who is he in reality. Yeah. You give them all the weapons. And then you don't give them any knowledge how to fire their weapons, how to use them. So mm. we are more like chimps. We are more like chimpanzees with AK-47 in our hands, <laughs> so which is very dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's the versions of, I think, more of yeah. the Islamic interpretations of the story of Satan or Shaitan. Or, or Shaitan, yeah. uh, that he was so Shaitan, loyal yeah. to God that he said, what are you doing? Why would you give these people the ability to defy you like this? And God said, I'm doing what I'm doing. They, you mm. know, don't question me. And he said, but I can't, I just can't go along yeah. with this. And God said, well, then get out. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of a, <laughs> an interesting, different interpretation of how that went. <laughs> different from yeah, the Christian yeah, yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Mm. But in the essence, you know, even that Semayal and Lilith, those mm. both currents, if we see them as a current, it's just the dark side of the God self itself, you know, yeah, because yeah. it has to create some sort of balance. Yeah. One thing that I find interesting is uh, finding finding alternate words to use to express ideas that have been expressed in words that now have been layered with so many connotations, like, for example, covenant, you know, the, yeah. the covenant between God and mankind agreement, you know, it's an agreement, agreement. You know, and there's other kinds of agreements. And then, you know, sin versus, you know, mistake, error, or, uh, you know, that kind of, my dad would say error program, or maybe that, maybe that's me, I don't know. But uh, yeah, just things like that to kind of get get through to what the wisdom is without evoking the imagery of someone at a pulpit shouting at the congregation and, and all of this. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. 
Very interesting. Yep. <clears throat> so I've been uh, very much interested in uh, uh, Buddhism as well. Mm. But I don't have much knowledge about it because mm. the terminology is completely different. You know, it is Tantra. It is hardcore Tantra. Right. And it is Sattvic and Vedic stuff as well. But that lineage is different and Tantric ways are different. Mm. But how would you define, uh, uh, I can understand my Aghor stuff, but uh, yeah. how would you define, it is a well, you know, uh, well-written system. Mm. Everything is well written there. So how do you define uh, Vajrayana and what is the essence of Vajrayana? And what are the steps? Yeah, I feel I should say that I am not a master. Uh, I am a student. Um, I'm uh, currently going through and as you've seen, I'd have that Buddhist book series. If anybody's interested, click there. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, not right now. Click later. Uh, watch this first. Um, yeah, so I'm, I, I went through a little bit of Theravada, the original, basically the original monks uh, with the Buddha, and they had a very direct, simple, clear path and message. And uh, so then by the time a few hundred years go by and the beginning of Mahayana is coming around and the message has kind of already, depending on your point of view, the message has almost been lost um, or yeah. it's been improved upon, depending on whether you like Mahayana or Theravada more. Um, yeah. And of course, Theravada, they call Hinayana, which is a rude thing to say. It's, it's the Mahayana saying, we're the big vehicle, then the small vehicle. So, you know, sorry to do the, the, the mocking voice when referring to one of the great religions of the world. Anyway, so uh, then, so I guess, between the third and fifth centuries uh, common era, when Tantra was becoming popular. And for those in the West, I know a lot of people think of, you know, their new age friend sitting in, in, in Yabyum with, uh, you know, uh, uh, posting on Facebook saying, you know, sex is sacred, come to my sex Tantra workshop. And that's the limits of their knowledge of, of Tantra. Or there was that one Indian guy saying, we do not, we do not ejaculate, we injaculate, you know. And so it's like, well, that's part of it, but a very actually small part of left hand Tantra, um, where, I mean, there's a way to do it with your wife and properly and, and all of this. But Tantra, from what I understand, was one of the takings back of power away from the Brahmin caste, basically, where uh, they were saying, you know, rather than always relying on a priest, then, you know, you, you can take these, these lessons and, and do these rituals on your own in your home. So ringing a little bell and waving the incense is Tantra. And, and that is the essence of Tantra is uh, taking, taking it into your own home. And so I encourage, like you see with my, my chalice, this is basically Catholic Tantra. Um, and, and yeah. you know, all my shrines and my personal practices and encouraging people to be self-initiates, even in a Golden Dawn system, self-initiation yeah, into yeah. the Golden Dawn is tantra, Tantric Golden Dawn. Um, exactly. That doesn't mean it's sex magic. You can, you can add that if you'd like, but just to clarify, yeah. just because a lot of the Western audience, they think Tantra, they think sex magic. Anyway, um, yeah. so Tantra became a movement and... Uh, and the, the Mahayana Buddhists, some of them were, were looking and noticing that. 
And the other ones were just like, okay, stay focused, Mahayana, Mahayana Buddhism. But the ones that were like, uh, this is interesting over here, they, they evolved into the uh, Vajrayana. And from what I understand, it was specifically one of the Madhyamaka Mahayana schools that incorporated the Tantra. And Madhyamaka was basically started by Nagarjuna. And when, when a lot of people in the West again, uh, or wherever, I don't know, I don't even like these terms East and West because they're just too broad. And, you know, I mean, is, is China have anything in common with India? You know what I mean? Like other yeah, than Buddhism, yeah. uh, which came from India, but they're both Eastern, right? Whatever, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. And Celtic and Roman are both western like okay it's time to have more categories than east and west uh yeah, yeah. and where's africa fit in is neither east nor west yeah. is it south so yeah it's an old way of talking but still yeah, first yeah. for for simplicity we use these terms um okay sorry i went far afield where where let me come back um so the so yeah yeah Tantra. the 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 buddhists that uh started in the beginning they would say if you want to avoid going to the hells, and then you, know, you might have some person, no, Buddhists don't believe in hell. Well, you're kind of thinking of Madhyamaka a little bit, you know. Uh, no, the yeah. original Buddhists, yeah, they said if you if you mess up really big time, you go to the hell realm. And that might actually be the one of the origins of the concept of going to hell in, in Christianity, uh, because there was a lot of flow back and forth. There wasn't always these sort of aggressive uh, barrier, you know, countries in between India and the Greco-Roman world uh, that came later uh, after Mohammed and then a few other things happened. So that was a different, different time. But before that, there was a lot of flow back and forth. There were Greeks learning from Buddhists and Buddhists learning from the old Greek uh, philosophers and all of this. So, sorry, this isn't for you. This is for them. You know, I know you know these things. Um, so Vajrayana basically, so Madhyamaka, what am I getting at? Uh, the, the ones that ask questions like, is existence really existence? Is existence eternal or is it not eternal? Or should we even be asking the question, or does the question even make sense? That was like Madhyamaka. So, so they, yeah. were, they were practicing Mahayana Buddhists who aspired to be bodhisattvas who would take the oath of the bodhisattva and say, I will not attain enlightenment and exit this world of samsara until every being, every sentient being of every kind has been liberated before me and only then will I go into the light, which was a different thing than kind of what Buddha was teaching. He was saying, this is how to exit samsara and go to nirvana, go, you know? And so, mm. so, the, so then they refer to the people who attain that kind of enlightenment as arhats, that they were just, you know, in it for themselves, if you will, but they go around preaching to others how to do that. But then Madhyamaka starts to do this sort of, let's all become bodhisattvas if we can. And, uh, and so, so people in the mentality of let's all become bodhisattvas who think that part of that process is asking these sort of, you know, existential questions and, 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 and really getting down and analyzing it rationally and debating and all of this stuff. So then they brought in the practices of the bells and the, uh, the whistles, you know, the chanting at home 
and the uh, so these lineages started to form where uh, yeah. a person a person would teach one student or they'd teach their disciples uh, you know in this way and say go and practice these things and some of these things were sort of sexual in nature the 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 idea of the kundalini as we understand it wasn't always there i know like uh, people from yogi bhajan school like uh, the kundalini was taught in ancient india five thousand years ago but then when you ask like well can you point to it then they have to say well right here where it talks about a lake what they're talking about is the chakras and it's like really um so anyway so so yeah bringing in the kundalini the the chakras uh using yab yum sitting with a partner and and all of these things and and uh retaining the fluids and and not not actually completing the sexual act and all of these uh became among the practices they weren't taught by everybody okay. but they were taught by padmasambhava so he was him vimalamitra and a few others uh they came from india to cut short there was a long complicated story but but at the time from what i understand india didn't want their buddhism their 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 scrolls their sacred scrolls to be brought out of india and so these guys were secretly smuggling yeah. uh you know sacred scriptures out of india into tibet and so they were using magic to be invisible and to move quickly and to do all these things um and then going into Tibet, and Tibet already had its its established religion at the time, which was the Bon, and uh, they were they were what we would, highly magical, yeah, very magical, Tibet. what we would consider shamanic, and uh, and so there's these mythological stories of Padmasambhava, you know, encountering a Bon deity and then throwing his dorja and blinding it in one eye and changing so at that at that moment then he wakes it up and teaches it the dharma and then the the it, it transforms from a bone sort of demigod or demon whatever you know in use, those aren't their terms those are someone else's terms english terms but uh transforming them into a dharma protector so that they had a, a place in this developing Vajrayana mythology, which included a lot of Hindu gods um, in yeah. in the in the Mahayana, they they made reference to the fact probably to lend credibility to the the, the early Buddhist schools, they were saying that that, uh, you know, um, this God and that God were present at the sermon that the Buddha gave, and that the gods were just amazed by the sermon that the Buddha gave. And so Vajrayana took that and kind of brought it more into focus center stage. And so you'll see exactly. the, the two deers on either side of the of the Dharma wheel representing, I, I think it's Vishnu and, uh, oh, I've forgotten, two of the two of the main gods and, uh, and, and that they were the first disciples before he started teaching humans, two deers came and that was the gods in disguise and Buddha told them his philosophy and they approved and they liked it. And, um, and so things like that. So, so Vajrayana developed as a, a, a very complex, beautiful, ornate, colorful, uh, layered form of Buddhism that, that is basically 
you know, uh, Vajra, uh, Tantra mixed with Mahayana mixed Madhyamaka Mahayana on the, with the, with the Theravada as the foundation. And that's, that's one thing that, uh, Kes Frey, Kes Frey, he's been on, I think six times. And, uh, sometimes, especially in these Western, uh, you know, Westernized, um, Tibetan schools, they lose sight of the Theravada. They lose sight of the point that there is a point that really the, the, uh, the, the, the eightfold path and the four noble truths are actually still important. They actually should be right at the center of it all. Like what is the Dharma wheel? What is this teaching that the gods were so in love with? If not the teachings of the Buddha, you know, not the teachings of Padmasambhava, not invoking Dharma protectors to slay the enemies of the particular lineage of Vajrayana Buddhism. People kind of go far afield and it happens in Western schools too. I witnessed it in the Golden Dawn too where people lose sight of the principles taught in the neophyte grade or even in the five, six grade or every grade in between and kind of go yeah. off in these weird directions of, we need to own the copyright of this system. So therefore we need to send hackers to take down the websites of the competing orders and, and bloody our swords literally, and then uh, send attack, attack magic at, the people who are talking bad about us on the internet. And, and I, that's all going to be in my book that I'm working on. Uh, but that's going to be part of it. I'm going it, to, it, it's not all going to be dark and uh, stupid. Some of it will be funny and some of it will actually be, huh, interesting. These guys aren't just total idiots. Maybe they have a point about one or two things. But anyway, Vajrayana Buddhism. Okay, so that didn't even answer the question. Vajrayana, as you probably know, means. Uh, lightning path or our thunder path or diamond path. So uh, the Vajra Sutra, the diamond Sutra also can mean the, the, the lightning Sutra. Um, and a lot of these sutras, uh, the later, the later sutras go into a lot of the philosophy of Vajrayana. They also have a strong okay. uh, debate. They, they will debate reason and logic and, and all of these things. Uh, and especially nowadays, the Karmapa is is trying to move away from the hocus pocus side of Vajrayana and emphasize the the practices of logic and debate. Um, I think that because I mean, he he must know that. I mean, you know, God willing, His Holiness the Dalai Lama will live for another hundred years. But uh, nature is what she is, and so that's it's probably going to be less than that. And uh, the Karmapa is still young; I believe he's about thirty, right? The present-day Karmapa. Yeah. Um, incidentally, in his previous incarnation, if you are into that sort of thing, the Karmapa put these strings on my dad's dorja when he visited uh, the West. And so, so that's interesting. So I have, I have an indirect connection. My, my dad knew the Karmapa's previous incarnation. So I feel like the Karmapa and I are related. Hello. Oh, there you are. Uh, well, anyway, so what is Vajrayana? That's a good question because there's, there's many schools and there's different emphasis depending on the school. I, I've I've recently been uh, 
you know, not delving as much as I want to because I want to lay the foundation of, of Theravada and Mahayana before I really dive in to uh, Ian Baker's book, uh, uh, Tibetan Yoga, which he explores a lot of the the other lineages, not the uh, the Kagyu and the Sakya and the the well the Nyingma. This is a Nyingma robe, by the way, from Bhutan. Um, okay. Uh, they that literally just even means, the robes are different. The robes are different. Um, okay. A little bit, and the there's the I believe Kagyu means yellow hat. So the the ones that have the the uh, you know the yellow pointy hat uh that's the the school that dalai lama comes from that, there's sort of a common misnomer even okay. even like in nepal you know people who know know the monks are educated in this sort of thing but the lay people if if you ask them they'll say well the buddha the buddha is the king of uh, buddhism and he's like a god or he is a god and it's like okay none of that is true you know um, <laughs> there, there's four lineages, four main lineages. One of them has a, uh, a, a uh, the, the leadership gets passed down within one family. So they're a little bit like how the British royal family, you know, how they'll choose the next king or, or queen based on some formula. Um, that's the, uh, the Sakya, I believe. And then the, the Kagyu, maybe I'm mixing things up a little bit. Uh, they they pass it down yeah. uh, from one lifetime to the next, but it was actually Karmapa. I think I'm supposed to say His Holiness or something like that, but I sorry. Uh, Karmapa was the first one to do that, and um, the the name of his lineage is is slipping my mind. Um, but uh, but he was the one who, you know, basically said, um, "When I come back, you can find me in this village." Or, or, you know, they had a vision or, or something like that, and they went and found him again. And so he's on his 17th incarnation, while the Dalai Lama is on his 14th incarnation. And uh, then, of course, there's all kinds of complications okay. with, uh, with China occupying Tibet and the, uh, the, the Dalai Lama being in exile and everything. And uh, so what is Vajrayana? That doesn't answer the question. There are Vajrayana sutras that I haven't read yet. Um, so I think I'll be much more informed once I once I've read all the Mahayana sutras and and all the Vajrayana sutras. But basically, Vajrayana includes all the Mahayana as well as the Theravada, in a similar way that Mormon, the the, the Church of Latter Day Saints, includes the New Testament and the Old Testament, but then also the Book of Mormon. Yeah. So so I mean that's maybe an odd comparison, and then. In, with that in mind, I, I I tend to think of Zen as being a little bit like fundamentalist Christianity, where where they they say, okay, no Book of Mormon and none of this Paul crap. You know, uh, let's get to to what Jesus said. What is the point? And everything else, we don't need that. We don't need Christmas. We don't need this. We don't need that. We just, what is the point? So, so that was a little bit like Zen trying okay. to get back to the essence of the Theravada after the Vajrayana and the Mahayana and every different version of those schools, which include, you know, weird things, um, practices, which in our uh, modern 
day would would be considered absolutely horrible um, that weren't necessarily very widespread, but they did happen. They did exist, and there are instructions about how to sort of uh, groom young women to to take on certain roles in certain rituals so that by the time one day when they turn 16 they'll be just right for this ritual and so one thing i noticed in in china in uh shanghai in the in the propaganda museum was they were showing depictions of buddhist monks with like women with their breasts hanging out you know like feeding them grapes and and living you know with uh with big beautiful columns and stuff like that and and uh so that was kind of the emphasis the 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 maoist communist emphasis was in looking at that and saying these are the people that are ruling tibet now so obviously we're gonna do a better job than than they are and so you know, from a from the perspective of a Westerner, from maybe from a from an Indian perspective, that that looks and sounds horrible, but it's sort of like it didn't come from nowhere. Like they they there was a truth in it. You know, um, similar to I mean, not to say that I mean, this is this is getting I I'm like pausing because I don't even want to like say like when 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 there's nasty nasty monsters that do terrible terrible things. It's yeah. based on lies, sure, but there's like a little kernel there. There has, you know, not there has to be, but there, there usually you can find. Okay, well, they were upset about that, but they blew it yeah. way out of proportion. For example, yeah. Um, so yeah, so be, and then people, especially with a sort of anti Freemasonic, sort of apocalyptic Christian, paranoid schizophrenic uh but apologize to schizophrenics but you know uh maybe drug-induced uh sort of sort of hazy conspiracy-minded thing then they get into this whole oh this is the form that satan takes satan uses these people to make this happen and god is trying to do this and and so satan's hitting yeah, it where yeah, it hurts yeah. and it's it's just getting into a place of just nonsense just total nonsense yeah um that and then it, it becomes exactly, sort of exactly. it, it becomes sort of like useless or counterproductive. This creates even more out. negative energy amongst yeah. humanity. Yeah. And then people react against that yeah. and say, "No, these are all lies." And then those people can say, "Ah, you say yeah. these are all lies, but what about this fact here?" You know, and then ah, it's a mess. It's a mess. And so then, at a certain point, one just it's gets on an airplane fact. and leaves the U.S. and uh, lives in India instead. And then one is feeling much better now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it gets too exactly, crazy especially exactly. in the occult circles because that's where all the yeah. nutters go you know so to be a, a prominent figure in the occult in any kind of occult community is to be you know sort of surrounded on all sides by by the nuttiest people. yeah this is this is what i uh, uh felt when i met you because uh, uh, as I told you that uh, I had some uh, working relations with Luciferians, practicing Luciferians mm. and the Christian witches, you know, the authentic mm. witches, but the Christian witches. Yeah, right, right. that circle. But 
you know these organizations the order of the golden dawn uh, big reputed organizations and freemasonry and uh, you know big organizations i didn't have any uh, I, i used to read about them but i didn't have much relationship with them as but when you came we had a talk regarding this and then i got to know that how serious things can be mm. when it's sent to management you know at the big hierarchy is there you know yeah. big hierarchy is there who are running all those ancient organizations that not even new right yeah the ancient and the modern organizations both your uh, viewpoints does not match even a little bit even if you are being initiated by them and you agree to many points in yeah. in those societies but if you don't agree with the higher people then then what right yeah or if you don't get along with them or yeah. if, you, if you point out <laughs> that's a bit of trick, tricky their part. abuses yeah people don't like to be called out on their abuses even if you look at them and smile without any kind of resistance in your mind then they feel vulnerable like you know what they're up to and then they get paranoid and start to push you away and then so yeah these organizations are people fantasize about you know uh the perfect church the perfect temple the perfect order the illuminati you know of course on instagram everybody's getting these you know join the illuminati and make money apparently i don't know they they seem to go there with it but uh or the yeah the old old days the uh, well and today yeah, the yeah. the rosicrucian order the one true and holy rosicrucian order that goes all the way back to crc and everyone else is lying uh you know this kind of thing um yeah yeah i mean that's i i like the solo path or the free agent i i someone was asking you know because i was expressing i have this rose cross tattoo and i feel an affinity for the original rosicrucians when i read the uh exactly the writings and so i was i i someone invited me to a meeting of society rosicruciana in anglia on zoom and i enjoyed it you know i mean it was just nice to to be sitting sort of with a group of mostly older men you know older british men there was a french guy in malaysia though that was interesting um and uh you know discussing these ideas and um that so so then my friend who invited me to that was saying if you want i can get you in to the society rosicruciana in anglia i said no thank you i i and i explained about the tibetan yogis the the smaller lineages i would prefer to be a smaller lineage and uh whether it, whether i pass it on or not i i don't care you know or i'm it's it's 2022 like you know we're not in in 1700s germany anymore you know so so yeah i mean for my own practice mostly to avoid charlatans and avoid all of these social hierarchy bs kind of things that even people with the best of intentions and that happens when people I mean not every time but it, it tends to happen I've noticed a lot of the times when people schism and by that I mean you know they 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 reject the leadership of the you know maybe the very corrupt leadership of the of the order of whatever kind that they're coming from and then they say well you me and Fred we could do much better and so then they go off and start like a miniature version that's that you know talks a lot of crap about the one they came from and then slowly they start to evolve maybe a similar kind of uh bs or they invent a new kind of bs or uh you know but god willing i hope the best for my friends that uh that have recently 
gone on that path. Uh, you know who you are. Yeah. I won't. I won't name names, but you can find them at Sal's shop. Anyway, uh, but yeah, no, they. Uh, I like all of them, and uh, you know, I hope that I hope that they do something good. Um, and you know, I mean, I wish I wish well my old alma mater too. Uh, you know, but I part of the reason why I can have such feelings of affection for them is because I'm on I'm about 13,000 kilometers away from them, you know, and, and, uh, and I don't directly talk to most of them. So, you know, when I had to talk to them every day, when I had to answer the phone every time they called, uh, it was too much. I burned out after 20 years. <laughs> Here I've got my, my dad's old tarot deck. Oh, he was, that's he great. was such that's a good great. reader. He was a Pisces. He had uh, all of his planets in Aries, except for his sun sign was Pisces. And, uh, okay. and so he kept these in his glove box. What do you call it a glove box? The uh, next to the driver, the passenger in front of the passenger, there's a little. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yep. so he kept them there. And then uh, occasionally when we were at, depending on, on where we were, people would ask him to bring them out and but he would do things like he would meet a total stranger and uh you know lay the cards out and then he'd sit back and he'd say well you like to fuck married men you know <laughs> like they'd be like <laughs> <laughs> and he would just say pregnant you know and things like that and they, it would turn out to be true so i always aspired to be you know at that level but uh you know he he was on another level with that sort of thing <laughs> Yeah, Pope Brennan great. wrote a beautiful review of transformations where he talked about how my dad was exactly. more sensitive to the to the portal that they opened out in the giant rock out in the desert. <laughs> it was a very deep insight. Transformations yeah. that book and very uh, uh, you know it's it's for occultists you know it's not yeah. for uh, normal people to read they won't understand anything right. yeah, yeah it's for the occultists and the intellectual ones only right. those who have to read first of all they should be readers and then the second level should be they should be occult readers right i tried reading it to my grandma once <laughs> my my mom's mom who was fundamentalist christian and she's like i just don't understand what he's trying to say and i was like well it's it's pretty clear <laughs> isn't it <laughs> oh. yeah but there in the same way uh, as i asked you about uh, mahayana hinayana and vajrayana mm -hmm. Because you asked the question, which lineage uh, I'm initiated from. Right. So now I'm going to uh, explain a little bit about. Yes, uh, please. What I are always the feel bad when I just talk through other people's interviews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's great. I don't mind because, uh, you know, I also wanted to know about the Buddhist thing, because I am very much interested in that. Hmm. I have no plans in getting initiated in that because right. uh, then the whole lineage changed, the whole terminology changed. Yeah. I have to start from zero then. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, I would love to meditate in Buddhist temples with some all believe the lamas that, around. Some believe that Buddha was an incarnation of Shiva. So that's an interesting perspective. So maybe you're already an interesting part of perspective, a and some say. Mm. Vaishnavs, the Vaishnav people who believe in Lord Vishnu, they believe that he was the uh, uh, 10th or 11th incarnation of uh, oh, Vishnu. Wow. After so, Krishna. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, after uh, Kalki, there is okay. Kalki is uh, the last tenth of Avatar. Before that, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. yeah. Kalki yeah, is about to us. come. Yeah, yeah. There are many lineages as uh, in Aghor. Aghor is more like a scientist. I told mm. you, but he's a very simple man. He's uh, he does not understand the difference between. Uh, being in dirt or garbage or he can sit in the garbage as well with swines mm. he can he can sit uh, on a beautiful uh, couch as well mm. he can he can be anywhere you know which is he why he not, looks so uh, funny with parvati <laughs> yeah <laughs> she's yeah, got yeah. her jewelry and her nice <laughs> ironed things and he's like <laughs> Yeah, who's yeah. this guy <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and and there are stories that uh, uh, when he was about to get married to parvati mm. when he came in his original shiva form mm. then his uh, mother-in-law and father-in-law got terrified yeah. by seeing him that is this the boy that you're going to marry <laughs> so <laughs> Lord this Vishnu ganja came. smoking uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Lord Vishnu came, he became the makeup artist of Lord ah. Shiva and he groomed him. Yeah. And then okay. uh, he became a completely handsome guy and went in front of Parvati. Then they approved mm. for the marriage. Mm. And then he again came back with the same clothes and Basma. <laughs> <laughs> because Parvati wanted him in the same clothes. He wanted the same ganja. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, as an Aghor, hmm. there are many lineages. First of all, it's an umbrella term. Aghor is simple. Hmm. He is a wizard, but a simple man. Wise person, but a simple man. He does not even understand that he is wise. Hmm. He just understands that we are not here on this planet to become uh, you know, a burden on this planet. We are not here to become fools. Obviously, we are here to support this planet. So he would be wise, but he won't consider this thing as some, you know, a special thing to be learned or, you know, it's just the just they are grust. Grust means they are uh, married people mm. because the gods of Agor, he himself is married to Parvati. He's not single. He's not a you know, he's not a jungly saint or something like that, that he's going to live a celibate life. He right. himself is married. So obviously his devotees will be married. Mm. Yeah. One lineage is for the married people. And we are uh, from that lineage. Okay. Now I will explain later uh, what are the further bifurcations. The other lineages, those are Shamshan Nivasi people. So Shamshan Nivasi people are those who have taken a vow to uh, stay in cemeteries mm. for the ref rest oh, okay. of their lives. They, okay. They are That's wanderers. the one people usually they think are... of when they think of Aghori. I yeah, mean, yeah, the people yeah, even exactly. think of that when they think of Tantra. Someone says Tantra, they think of that yeah, lineage yeah. of Aghori only. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in India, but in the West, they think mm, of the New you... Ager in Yabyum <laughs> and their ad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Even my masters who I got initiated from, they are also married with a lot of children. And uh, two of my masters are uh, married, only one. Uh, he's in Delhi NCR, 
that master is living a lonely life. Otherwise, two masters are already married. You know, mm -hmm. there's no compulsion. But in initiation, it is said and it is recited that which uh, path you're going to follow for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. So we are in the grass path. We can also go in cemeteries. We can also drink our urine and do the other rituals. We can also eat flesh or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's not a compulsion. It's not a compulsion. Right. But it's just a ritual. And we should understand what symbolic thing it uh, represents mm -hmm. before doing the ritual. Right. The other lineage is uh, the jungly one who are in uh, cemeteries. These both lineages are the prime uh, lineages. Now there are further bifurcations. One lineage comes from Lord Shiva, who are the devotees of Lord Shiva. Other lineage comes from Kali, mm. from Goddess Kali, mm. who is Shakti Sampradaya, and Shiva is Shaiva Sampradaya. Now there are further bifurcations. There are many different forms of Shiva. Which Shiva? do you worship? Mm -hmm. So there are many different forms of Shiva <coughs> and different forms, different forms were created for different purposes. Obviously, the, uh, you know, angry form would be used for, you know, different baneful practices and many other stuff. Yeah. In Maharashtra Obviously, for the fighting benevolent... off Genghis Khan. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Bhairava is a different lineage. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kali is a different lineage. There is a different lineage who worship Shamshan Kali. We are from that lineage. Mm -hmm. The goddess of cemeteries, Kali of cemeteries. That Kali is different. And there is a different story of that. The Kali which lives in cemeteries, that mm -hmm. is our lineage. And there is a different, uh, uh, you know, uh, philosophy of that. Bhairav, Shamshan Bhairav. Bhairav of cemeteries, mm. Bhairav of graveyards. That is our Bhairav, you know. That's our lineage. Shamshan lineage. That's what we follow. Another is Goddess Tara. That is not 100% right. uh, uh, angry uh, goddess, not 100% benevolent. That's a middle path. Tara. Right. She is the one who stopped the poison by keeping her hand here on Shiva's throat. Mm. She's Tara. Wow. That is Goddess Tara. Now there's yeah. uh, there's Taras in Vajrayana. I would imagine they have their origin in the ancient in the in the tantric Tara. Uh, but Tara. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But the Tara you're talking about is more related to Newt, I think, uh, the, yeah. the goddess of the the stars, the goddess who's... Yeah, goddess of stars. Yeah, yeah. So these stories are kind of symbolic, but you know, what they want to say is Tara is a middle path, you know? Mm. She stops the poison to go here, you know? You are reciting some very powerful and those kind of mantras which are going to create a lot of heat inside you, you know? If you are reciting those kind of mantras, then Tara is going to stop it here. So that mm. this does not explode, you know. There's uh, Om so Tari is... Tari Turi Soha, Om Tari yeah, Tari yeah, yeah. Turi Soha three. Um, 
But that's different, right? That's that that wouldn't be yeah. the same. Different tar. That's that wouldn't be the same. But the Buddhist current, tar. you know, if you're talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. the current is same. You know, mm. when we're talking about the tara, mm. tara is a current. You know, and yeah. do we really think that all these stories were complete true? But when they have written the books, those are the stories recited by the creator gods. Mm. Okay, and creator god means who helped in primordial times, which is said in the process of creation. So mm. whatever they have created in terms of stories, that may or may not be true, but it is a tantra. Mm. It is a system with the codes, with the stories, they have given a system hidden in it. Mm. You know, we mm. are accessing all the powers through those ancient stories and books. Right. You know, that story might not be true. Yeah. Live it doesn't matter that's doesn't a way matter. to approach but, genesis too yeah exactly exactly mm. exactly mm. so to read bible or to read islam these are highly ancient books those are not new age books so obviously right. the language yeah. and the symbolism would not be new right. so if people are taking it literally they are fools <laughs> language is yeah. ancient people were ancient you know yeah, they yeah. were multi-dimensional beings Jesus himself was uh, uh, a multi-dimensional being he knew about the pyramids he got initiated might be he got initiated in the pyramids he went to Buddhism as well but do you think he was initiated only in pyramids he was initiated by the eternal power he grew up in uh, in in Egypt, one of the books I want to write in the future is about his upbringing in Egypt, and uh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. my idea is that or feeling is that he grew up in Alexandria when Alexandria was the hub of the world of international trade. So he was meeting Buddhists, he was meeting Hindus, he was meeting uh, you know philosophers of all kinds, Africans, you know Arabian mystics pre pre Mohammed obviously, and. Uh, and everyone else. And so, of course, when he was 12 years old, if he was a bright kid and absorbed all of this wisdom and information, he went to Jerusalem and he heard them uh, reciting from the Torah and wondering what it meant. And Jesus, as a 12 year old, was able to tell them, well, that means this. And they were shocked. <laughs> it's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It is, it is, it is powerful. And whosoever has read Bible or Islam, or these uh, Abrahamic stories mm. of prophets with full uh, mode and feeling of devotion and prayer. Mm. They start crying, you know, it's such an emotional and powerful story. Yeah, it is powerful. Mm. It is powerful. And that's where the power of that system comes. Mm the Tantra. Mm. Obviously, if that story has got such power that if you're going to invoke that story and power and that current, it is going to be projected through your mind with mm. the same intensity yeah. that you're reading that story. Well, mm. Mm. So wow. uh, that is how Tantra is going to work. And, you know, uh, in the same way that you were t telling about the Buddhist lineages, there is one lineage of Kamakya. They are 
seeing the cosmos in the form of a cosmic yoni, cosmic vagina. But there is no mm. vagina up there. There's no yoni up there, but it's feelings, you know? Mm. The person who wants to see the Holy Ghost in terms of a woman right. or in terms of a womb, sacred mm. womb, mm. Who, those who have feelings for that, yeah? Or mm. those who are more sexual in nature, they can worship it in, in the form of yoni. Mm. And also, you're worshiping the muladhar the root chakra and money, success, uh, you know, uh, prestige, it all comes from the Mooladhar. If mm. that is strong, only then you're going to get success in life. Mm. That is the science of chakras. And if yeah. you are the wor worshipping the whole cosmos as a Mooladhar, as, as the root chakra, as a sacred root chakra of goddess, you know, Mm. Then you have made a tiny muladhar into something heavenly, you know. Mm. It is a system. Obviously, how much intention and how much power you are putting into that root chakra. Then. Yeah. And, uh, and what was the name? Sorry. Kamakya. Kamakya. Yeah, that yeah. Yoni goddess is Kamakya. It was reminding me of the, the man who started uh, the Jainist movement. And how, if I recall correctly, maybe I'm mixing things up, but he was focused on Mother Goddess, or I think I believe Kali yeah, yeah, specifically, yeah. and uh, his his exactly. love and devotion to Kali was was driving him and motivating him until one day she vanished and he didn't need her anymore, and it was it was the the formless. Suddenly he was in in, in contact with the formless deity and. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, so, so a system, you know, some people say, oh, well, you know, you got to stick to one system. Don't mix, don't jump from this to this to this, but those, those people are gatekeeping or they're, you know, they're stuck and they want everybody else to be stuck to, you know, it's like the people who say don't appropriate cultures. You, you have to be a Viking if you look like you, Edward, you know, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so a person can be in, in, uh, oriented that way for for a period until one day they find that something else actually works much better for them at that stage of their life and it's like they've they've attained an, another level which doesn't mean this is better than this or this always is going to come after this but on that one man's that one person's uh path that's the shape of their path yeah 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 exactly exactly hmm. so very deep philosophies, yeah. very deep philosophies. Yeah. Hmm. In the same way, there are, you know, a goddess you must have seen, uh, a community of Chinnamastaks. Hmm. So Chinnamastaka is the goddess with head in her hand and okay. two goddesses drinking her blood. Oh, She's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is Chinnamastaka. And okay. in her feet, you would see... Uh, man and a woman making love you know she's mm -hmm. standing on them and she's got blood out of her body and two goddesses jaya and vijaya drinking her blood and she has got her hands so you know if that man and woman making love is manifestation mm. creation mm. Feelings, circular manifestation desires, yeah circular manifestations mm. yeah if you are going to get out of this loop, if now goddess is standing on both while they're making love, mm. she is standing on both. So 
if you are going to get out of this loop of uh, continuous manifestation or creation or mm. desires then you have to be like a goddess who has got her head cut mm. ego cut yeah yeah and two goddesses means one is your white pillar and one is your black pillar both mm. of them drinking your blood and all your desires and all your whatever you got to offer her yeah it sounds like a buddhist so these are image. symbolic yeah exactly 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 yeah. so beautiful essence and tantrics are you know uh, there are baneful practices as well mm. when uh, they have to manifest something dark the lower magic or whatever we can call it then they offer blood and different stuff as well but you know there is nowhere written that an animal is required right goddess created us goddess created animals as well mm. the blood which is already inside me is it mine it already mm. belongs to the goddess mm. so why do we have to cut the blood and offer it to her mm-hmm. so symbolically anyways we prick and you know only one drop is required otherwise right. killing the whole animal you know right. that is nowhere required not necessary but that that is also there mm. that is also there but that is highly dark magic where right. there are no gods those are your uh, you know some kind of uh, gangster kind of energies the lower energies right, the jungly right. energies kind you know uh, energies of the woods Mm. which are nowhere under control of anyone mm. so uh, those energies might take those kind of uh, offerings but goddess and gods these are higher philosophies yeah it's same as buddhism you know yeah even uh, uh, i would like to ask there there would be many practices of uh, demonic practices and the painful practices in buddhism as well it's very powerful and potent mm. system mm. there would be wouldn't it well i mean i know of one that what the story you were just telling me reminded me of of uh, vajrayogini um the way that i heard it described um it's a path working it's a mental thing it's a process you go yeah. through but i mean i wouldn't be surprised if at certain points in history people enacted it literally in one way or another um but it has to do with uh vajrayogini and she was in a in a, in a kind of ecstasy a sort of sort of sexual ecstasy sort of passionate uh you know uh spiritual like like uh saint teresa of avila had, had a very similar um sort of passionate uh ecstasy and she's she's dancing and dancing and then she starts to eat herself and hack pieces of herself away until she has finished and somehow she drinks her own blood out of her own skull i don't know how to visualize that but uh then you know the whole thing is is wrapped up so i think that that is like a kind of metaphor i mean it's a problematic metaphor but it's a it's a metaphor uh for they similar to to the uh those little glass bead mandalas they make where they make these beautiful beautiful elaborate uh, mandalas 
And then at the end, they take the dorja and someone's blowing the horn through through a human bone, you know, a, 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 a horn made out of a human bone. Uh, someone drags the dorja across the sand into the center and then they, you know, this this beautiful elaborate tapestry that they were all just gazing at that was kind of becoming seared in the memory then they get to watch it become destroyed and then they just gather the sand away and then they they put it in the river so that 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 to me that's the essence of what i think vajrayana buddhism is intended to be which is the lightning path that rather than the slow path of renounce all things and you know resist the temptations and sit under the tree until you have let go of everything and attained nirvana. They say, you know, burn through it all. Instead of resist it, eat it and then vomit it up. You know, I mean, figuratively speaking, just like they just, just burn through it all. You know, like the, the passions, you know, yeah, sexual passion, is that what's keeping you in the world? Okay, have all the sexual passion, you know, here it all is at once. And then, then what? Okay, we'll light it on fire and then go up. And, uh, and so it's yeah, this, yeah. a similar thing happening with the dance of Vajra, Vajra Yogini as with the, uh, that mandala. Uh, we're putting so much effort into this beautiful artistic thing only to destroy it. And I mean, that's, that's something I, that it, it, it can be a very, uh, how to say, like when something beautiful breaks, when you put a lot of work into something, whether it be a relationship or, or you know, something in the abstract or, or a literal thing that then shatters or, or, or your, your home that was your ancestral home and it burns down, these are opportunities. These are sort of Vajrayana Buddhist opportunities to, uh, to, to transcend, to, to ride the wave of that destruction not go doesn't mean go around destroying things but but uh you know in this symbolic way um i th i'd say that that's that's one way that that vajrayana can be expressed um and it's very similar yeah. and obviously i tend to think of and i'm probably i don't know if i'm the only person who thinks this i don't think i am i tend to think of 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 buddha as a uh you know a sage Hinduism is a word invented by foreigners recently. So yeah. if if Hinduism is defined, yeah, if if Hinduism is defined as the religious and philosophical and cultural practices of India, then Buddhism is a kind of Hinduism. Buddhism is a sect yeah. of Hinduism, you could say, um, yeah. though its teachings are within themselves they they're all encompassing and they they don't necessarily include any other aspects of hinduism but but the debates yeah. between buddha and the early buddhists and the brahmins i mean that kind of proves the point i think uh he was an early um uh, uh caste system uh opposer and and, and uh yeah yeah he uh and t as was tantra uh, tantra within hinduism was 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 uh breaking down the caste system a little bit saying untouchables yeah, yeah. can perform these same rituals that you brahmins had said you were the only ones who could perform that's that was a big breaking down of of the of that structure yeah. and uh, and so to combine buddhism and tantra is i mean i mean that's like a revolutionary sort of a, a new form of so-called hinduism but it was new 
1400 years ago and then it became old in its own way you know and now now there's old encrusted you know schools of it that are just as encrusted as the catholic church or something but but i i like the chanting i like the incense and i like the uh, all the colors and everything and i i don't know there's a lot there there's a lot there and and the the in bhutan oh an ocean have you been to bhutan I've never been to Bhutan. Oh, I recommend it. It's it's just beautiful. It's like uh it's like how how you know Ghibli, uh Studio Ghibli, uh Hayao Miyazaki, he makes those beautiful Japanese cartoon movies. It's like uh Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. If he imagined, you know, in a dream what Tibet is like, that imagining is Bhutan. You know, and, and there are places where it's just unbelievable, you know, it, it, the, it, between the weather and the, the, the smell and the sounds and, and you're alone and there's this perfect representation of Padmasambhava's description of the pure land expressed as architecture in front of you and you walk in and then there's this terrifying uh, tantric uh, being that represents you know uh what you see when you when you die you know and uh and it and if that if is there... battle that oh is battle. wow oh good <laughs> yeah so i mean there's that just you would such see an in Kathmandu as well and nepal as well mm -hmm. um, and there are courts there is an ancient system where Bhairav idol is there and all the disputes inside the villages and uh, uh, those areas are settled in front of, there is a court, you know, mm. there is a government settled there and all the disputes are settled and uh, punishments are, uh, you know, they, they are given in front of the idol and which is wow. said there, it is done. How interesting. And, but uh, on a certain, on a more transcendental level, when, when someone comes in and sees people worshiping statues, there's a certain kind of, there's a certain kind of guru, a certain kind of enlightened person that will want to destroy that statue to get you to wake up and, and connect with, with the formless that's within you and all around you and to stop giving it exactly. names, stop giving it forms. And therein is exactly. Moses, therein is Mohammed. They both did that yeah. at one point in their lives. And, uh, and so, I mean, the, the divisions, the modern day divisions, which religion are you? Are you this or this or this? And it's kind of like, I mean, people look at me and say, oh, he's just a jumble of all of them. And I say, no, I, not really. I, I mean, I consider myself Hindu. On paper, I'm Hindu. Yeah. I had to become Hindu to, you know, do the marriage ceremony we did. And, uh, but my Hinduism includes uh, the teachings of the Buddha and Mohammed and, uh, you know, yeah, it, yeah. all within, within their context. And I mean, I absolutely love the, the Sufi poetry and, um, Oh, I, I think it's divinely inspired, you know, and, and it fits, it fits right in with Christianity or, you know, Alan Watts description before he gave up on, well, before he gave up on trying to wake up the uh, Christians around him, and he just sort of left and went on a, on a more Eastern Buddhist and Hindu philosophical path. He was, he was writing books about how to activate the, 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 uh, the machinery that's already in place that the church is supposed to be the chalice this chalice i have here that receives the holy spirit from god 
and that God is the husband and the church is the wife and all the people in the church yeah. are part of it and we're all brides of God. And, 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 and yet, what are they doing? They're just sitting there, hallelujah, you know, and then having their silly little bickering and then arguing about this and that and then getting into politics or something. And he was trying to, he, yeah. he was saying, there's such a beautiful ecstatic thing here that's just laying dormant, it's, you know, and um, and so in that sense, the Sufi poetry just fits right within that because he's he's speaking exactly, they exactly. they Rumi Hafiz they're speaking as the bride to their to their to their husband. Even the songs of Solomon are dry compared to Sufi poetry. It's like Sufi poetry exactly. are everything songs of Solomon should be, and songs of Solomon you know should be more represented and more talked about than it is within uh, within every romanticism episode. and uh, love mm. with the eternal one. Yeah, that and relationship. he had multiple wives as in uh, harem. And this is this world is the harem. It's us. We're the harem. <laughs> yeah. It's us. yeah, yeah. Maybe we can stop having harems on the you know on this level and uh, recognize the symbolism that we are the harem. Yeah, of, yeah. Of yeah, the, exactly. Of exactly. the formless, shapeless, omniscient, eternal. You know, uh, it's you can't even say entity. You can't say being. Even saying I doesn't get it. The the, the I am. Yeah. Okay, it's closer than maybe you know yeah. some other name, but but even that is 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 a form, and it's it's you know a kind of you know for lack of a better word, it's a kind of blasphemy to to uh, to give a form or a name to God. And I understand why why Muhammad uh, said that and. Uh, and you know, but of course, when you have people believing in Muhammad, and then you have people over here believing in Shiva, then there's going to be conflict. But in essence, it's all the same. Especially looking at the Agori, what would what would the Agori exactly. think of someone smashing idols? They'd say, "Good job smashing that idol. Here, let me help you." You know, like <laughs> in the name of Shiva, I smash yeah. this idol. You know, yeah. It's interesting. Exactly. Exactly. The wow. altar is is this whole world, you know. Yeah. Altar is, is this whole world, and at the end, why cemetery? Why graveyards? Because uh, in in the Christian ways, people are buried, <laughs> so it's called graveyard. <laughs> in our ways, uh, it's more like Greek. Greeks also used to burn, and Hindus also used to burn. Yeah. So <laughs> what what is the residue left? Ashes. So we are the ashes, you know, we are the sacred ashes of the cosmos. And that's what some people said. We are the stardust. Yeah. Ashes of the cosmos. That's what we are made of. So that's what Aghor is saying. Be like ashes. Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> is an Aghori. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. 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 When he starts talking about stardust, Wow, it's like a religious inspiration, you know. He he says, "Oh, religion is BS." You know, science is where it's at. But then when he starts saying, "When I when I look out at the universe and see the stars, it doesn't make me feel small. It makes me feel huge because this is my body yeah. out here." I'm like, "Whoa, man, you're having a religious experience right now. You're making me <laughs> yeah. have one too." <laughs> at times, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. he's full of crap, but you know, at times I really like what he has to say. <laughs> I, I I was watching a video. Maybe I don't know who recommended me. Mm -hmm. Maybe some Christian guy, uh, and his name is uh, he is some kind of pastor maybe, and mm -hmm. uh, he is explaining Bible 
with references to the f- movies from NASA. Yeah, oh, and okay. he might be he t- he tells that he has got a friend in NASA, and you know that they they work together. Yeah. He gives him a lot of knowledge, and then he tells him the spiritual aspect of what what he is uh, seeing actually. Mm. So, the video's name is God is indescribable. Mm. Well, I love uh, that. Uh, I I would send you uh, on your yeah, WhatsApp. Sure. That is that is watchable. That is beautiful. Mm. That is it's beautiful. on YouTube. It is on YouTube. Okay, everybody, check it out later. Not right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> But it tells. We think that uh, there are a lot of, uh, as uh, told by some other, you know, religious organizations or or the past religions, you have committed a sin or that's well, this and that, you know. Mm. now he is talking about uh transformation he is talking about forgiving mm. forgiveness he said that you know something like in his some some of his other videos that do you think you see the earth this blue globe just by seeing this blue globe you can feel its energy its essence mm. but you won't know how many people are living there and how many feelings are dwelling on mm. this small planet mm. and how many happiness and how many uh, broken hearts are there that mm. doesn't holds any value when you go up there right. in pitch darkness and you see it from there mm. because you are you know seeing the whole scenario the bigger scenario yeah yeah that's what happens when you pray and then you will see the bigger picture mm. then small puny things doesn't make any sense to you mm. you know mm. yeah. that you have committed the sin you know this this is a smaller level yeah right, that you right. committed the sin but then this is a bigger level that do you think this blue globe this earth this sun that who are performing their duties since millions of years mm. who is making them perform their duty mm. since millions of years why are they obeying it and with whose orders they are obeying it why mm. don't they just scatter here and there yeah yeah wow. such powerful words yeah. and do you think that they need any any forgiveness mm. they are already forgiven yeah they are performing the duties they are already performing the duties given by the lord So mm. that's what we we have to do. Wow. Just keep our work, you know. Yeah. With with full dedication, and you know, you offer the results and desires to the Lord, and that's what Aghor is. Yeah, I was just thinking if some famous, maybe some famous cricket player or some famous baseball player, Babe Ruth or or whatever, you know, some famous cricket player from history threw a ball. and we could still see that ball flying through the air people could see yeah. it and think of that famous cricket player and feel like they partook in in them somehow and yet the big yeah. bang drove forth all of this stuff that eventually started swirling and eventually started lighting up and started orbiting yeah. and atoms and planets and moons and all of it 
And where yeah. is the big bang now? Yeah, it's right here. It's you and I having this conversation. It's the stuff of exactly. me, the stuff of you, the moon and the sun rising in the sky and the earth turning round exactly, and round. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Tiny particles of the Lord itself mm. talking about itself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And meanwhile, yeah. inside, all you know, these little DNAs are being unzipped and little photocopies are being made and sent in order to construct brand new little creatures, enzymes that go around and, and cause these, these events to happen in order to create, uh, you know, tryptamines in order for us to have religious experiences at the point of our death. And it's just... You know, people would, some people get into a sort of an atheistic thing with uh, the dimethyltryptamine and say, oh, well, that just proves that even the, even the fantastic visions that people have at death are just chemicals in the brain. And they want to take it to that level. That's sort of like the Muladhara, the one who, who limits their world to the lowest chakra and says, you know, yeah, everything yeah. is just physical and anybody talking about anything else is uh, deluded and wrong, you know, uh, but but I, I, I look at it, I don't look at it that way, I look at it as uh, as above, so below that, uh, but not only as above, so below, but there's a whole lot more going on than, you know, uh, as Shakespeare put it, you know, than are dreamt of exactly. in our philosophy. And, uh, and so it's just, it's just such a symphony, such an orchestra, I mean, the orchestra is a good metaphor, I think, for what it is, which is everything working together in the present moment in, in, to the same beat in the same song. And the violin and the beating drum both are, are different, you know, but they're, they're both essential for the song. And uh, you can experience the song in different ways and, and you can, uh, it's, just, it's just so beautiful. Even St. Paul has some wisdom, I think, uh, talking about we're all different parts of the body of Christ and a nose doesn't have the same function as as an eye. And so, you know, if you're an eye, don't don't beat yourself up for not being a nose, you know, and, and if you're a, a person who gives generously, then do so. If you're a teacher, then do so. If you're a, someone who who fasts and prays, then do that. And, uh, you know, that it's all, it's all working together in, in, in harmony. And he, I mean, he was talking about the, the organization of the church, but I think at the same time he was, he was looking at the big picture and describing, you know, what the body of God really is and what it looks like exactly, and, exactly. you know, how we should just do that. But by imitating it, it becomes removed from it in a weird way. Yeah. <laughs> when everybody says, okay, let's all, let's all get together in a group and take a vow of secrecy and then pretend to be the body of God, then you've somehow managed to remove yourself from the body of God <laughs> on a certain <laughs> level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah, could have yeah, just yeah, sat exactly. in the park and looked at the sky. You already were there, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So this is why there's there's a character, uh, Osho, Master oh. Osho, used oh, to uh, snub a lot of religions. You know, a mm -hmm. lot of even. Uh, I have but, so many of know, his books. Yeah, yeah. I haven't yeah. read them yet, but you know, many of uh, you, you see the pattern of these uh, old, you know, Sufi people. You know. They were doing the same, you know, mm. 
Muhammad did the same. He broken all the statues, you know, that they snub something. But, you know, uh, people take it literally. Mm. We have, even Guru Nanak, the statue that you have, mm. Guru Nanak of uh, our Sikh religion, mm. he shunned idol worship. He mm. shunned altars. He shunned everything. But now people are taking it literally. Mm. When these people say, delete this thing, all these things, all these people like Osho, like Guru Nanak, like Jesus, he also was beyond his times, not like old rabbis mm. that were present at those times. Right. Yeshua was beyond. Mm. Yeshua was beyond already. Yeah. And Osho was also beyond. Guru Nanak was also beyond. Mm. Whenever these people shun or snub something, in in somebody's religion that is not to be taken literally he is not you know banishing uh, or uh, snubbing idol worship he understands it but he is saying that you it's people limited. don't understand this limited yeah. it is limited mm. and you people just don't understand the purpose of it yeah. you have lost the purpose mm. if it has to be done then if even if a person keeps an apple in front of him and start worshiping the apple, if his intention is powerful, he is going to, you know, evoke the apple as well. There's going to be cosmos inside the apple. Yeah, there is. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, in, in the same way, there was, a, there was a Sufi saint. His name was Mullah Nasruddin. Mm. And he was a comic character. Mm. And uh, uh, he was like he's going to he, he's all monkey business this guy was all monkey business and he used to snub and uh, make fun of everyone but in making fun there are a lot of stories of this mullah nasruddin mm. you know and osho used to recite those stories and mm. i think osho is best suited with this name he himself is a comic character and he's making fun of everyone he, he doesn't know this, this religion, the, you people don't know your uh, own religion. Mm. He's talking about Shiva, he's talking about many things, he's talking about Brahma Kumaris, and then he's talking about the good points as well. Mm. People have not heard it. He's, he's talking, read between the lines, yeah. I'm, I'm asking when, whenever you listen, Whenever you read, read between the lines. That's mm. a difficult part. But whenever you're listening, you're not even listening. <laughs> right. You know? So there, there, there are gaps between the words. Yeah. Where thoughts follows. Yeah. And words have got us. People are doing it. So mm. you would see worshippers of Osho snubbing everything. Mm. Missing the Hindus point. Hindus snubbing their own religion. Mm. I would uh, recommend those people and I, I, I generally say to those people, you have to listen to Osho once again. Mm. Once again. Yeah. yeah. Even my guru snubbed all idol worship, but I am doing idol worship. Mm. But I am not completely bound by that thing. You know, right. I just understand the science of it. Why is it required? And it's for the manifestation purpose only to bring the outer energies into one place yeah. that's it mm. that's it to channelize the energy if you are scattered 
if you don't have any discipline if you uh, are going to drink for 3 days and going to sleep and fourth day you are going to meditate you are not <laughs> going to be enlightened ever yeah yeah there has to be some kind of discipline some mm. kind of discipline has to be there so that is why these teachings were there and altar was there to make you into a discipline that this is the place where you have to sit you cannot sit on a, a toilet commode and light a candle and meditate there <laughs> right. on toilet when you are smelling different smells that's yeah. what you cannot do yeah yeah <laughs> obviously so you cannot uh, uh, go into uh, any any jungle and you will be eaten by the animals you have to set up an altar one place one place where your heart feels good you know mm-hmm. one place one altar one ambience abundance that you have created your candle your chalice your uh, cauldron you know where yeah. you burn things and it is the powerful place it holds some power so when old gurus are banishing and shunning these thing that this is all bullshit mm. you if leave that thing just by listening to his words then you are again going out of your path <laughs> you have to understand what he is saying that reminds me let me see if i can find it quickly Oh boy, it's from my dad's book. Uh <laughs> You and I, we have not given ourselves or the others much to believe in, have we? No, we've yeah. given them a great deal at which to yell bullshit. Hey, you others. Yeah. Yeah. What is it at which what is all that at which you believe you're yelling bullshit? Have a look at that yeah. even while it's going on and you're yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah that's okay. a deep insight and believing attire in as well believing in something one can easily miss experiencing it <laughs> exactly yeah, yeah. exactly exactly that's a deep insight beautiful and that's what people are doing and you know if you many people many people and many many of the followers Mm. I've seen, especially in those religion, which have got uh, whose prophets spoke up. Right. Either, whenever you become a prophet, whenever a person becomes whatever, whenever a person becomes enlightened or whatever, mm. the basic human body and desires and feelings, a person goes above than that, above than. this level but body is going to continue doing what it was doing you know right no entity neither earth not nor sun nor your body nor your eyes nor your smelling senses they are going to stop their work right they are faithful enough to keep doing their work mm. yeah <laughs> because eternal force gave the order to do so mm-hmm. so everything is going to remain the same if you are introvert obviously you will be introvert you will be like a buddha mm. you will not blabber 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 you will sit in meditation mm. this is your nature it is going to come out if you are more glamorous and you know flamboyant you will be like krishna mm. that nature is not going to change yeah. you know yeah. it's just that you you are a watcher now you are enlightened mm. 
and if you are outspoken and you are outrageous you will be more like muhammad you will break mm-hmm. the statues you know mm-hmm. obviously these people are going to shun something yeah to give them the straight point but the followers the, then make a sect and start shunning the whole community right. because of their rituals they have not understood the point yeah and then divide amongst themselves point. and fight about it you know yeah like yeah, that movie yeah, the exactly. life of brian have you seen that uh no i oh, seen i recommend the mighty python's life of brian um it's okay. really good but at one point they yeah i i won't spoil it those who've seen it know what i'm talking about there's the shoe people and the gourd people i'll just let you watch and enjoy that movie it's so good okay that's great <laughs> yeah you've given me a task that's beautiful i yes. love i'm a great fan of cinema great mm. fan of cinema yeah songs music well cinema mm. i have seen a lot of movies mm. in this lockdown yeah yeah more than 100 <laughs> movies yeah <laughs> and amongst this was one of the movie which i admire a lot uh johnny depp was there in that movie the ninth gate oh i don't think i've seen that one yet but you must see that is highly occult movie and highly symbolic movie okay. beautiful the ninth gate yeah i'll have to check that I one out i found that uh, in the fire stick that we are using mm. uh, all the internet channels come there so we're watching max player and prime video mm. so we don't have subscription for the lions gate and netflix yet right. but uh, uh, you will find that in lions gate or uh, at some point this movie was available on youtube in hindi mm. dubbed version so mm. i watched this movie in youtube but now that movie was removed and oh, all right. those movies youtube transferred to all these paid channels right right so a lot of change was happening yeah, a lot of yeah. alfred hitchcock movies were removed into mm, paid channels that's a shame i was very fond of alfred hitchcock movies as well mm. yeah yeah those are good too <laughs> he oh, started a awesome, lot of things awesome. that have become tropes now the uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah he originated now, a what lot do you, of what do you what do you uh, think about that guy his theories and his uh, words oh who the guy who wrote the necromanicon oh HP actually Lovecraft. i'm not that familiar with the necronomicon oh oh was it uh oh i think i know who you mean though um starts with an l hp lovecraft yeah lovecraft i mean yeah, yeah, i yeah. i indirectly i know he's had quite an impact on both horror and sci-fi uh genres yeah, yeah, yeah. so uh, during his time he was able to Apparently he was a, a horrible racist, but aside from that, you know, like a person, yeah, 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 nobody's perfect, right? So, but he, uh, yeah. he was, he was conceiving of and envisioning things that were just beyond, and that's as a writer, as a writer and as an artist, I always, not always, sometimes it's, I mean, at a certain point in my life, I had to say, I'm going to go ahead and write this story, even though there's nothing original in it. 
you know, it's a it's yeah. a new it's a new combination of unoriginal things. I'm gonna go ahead oh. and write it. But when I was younger, I used to reach always for the thing that had never been said or never been grasped before. And he he did that and he succeeded, apparently. And I mean I, I know enough. I haven't read it. Oh, in the same work. way, I loved your concept. Oh. It is uh, you know, a very beautiful and powerful concept, even more than your drawn concept, the, the drawn uh, sonnet concept, yeah. even more than that. I like that concept, the concept of intergalactic uh, coffee house. That oh, you yeah. Started. Yeah, yeah. It's hey, everybody. Beautiful. Check it out. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank that you. I love hey, by the way, I'm going to send you all my books. Um, but uh, this one, just real quick, while I while I while I uh, am on the subject, so here you can see my dad and I here. This this first edition publication of of transformations is very, you know, I'm just like gushing about how much I love my dad. But see, here's the the title page. So uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll edit this down. All right. So this will be waiting for you when you come to Delhi. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's this is you. This is your copy now. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. But I and and uh, do you know when that'll be? Uh, sometime in the next few months, or because I can just hang on to the books. I don't need to send them to you in the mail or anything. But... Might be. I'll be. Uh, I have uh, recently came to Delhi for my mm -hmm. stuff, which is going on, which I told you mm -hmm. for. Uh, at least 10 times oh, wow. because of police and court and everything. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now yeah. I'm going to come once again. Okay. So cool. I'll then keep coming. Now. I'll give you one <laughs> copy of each of the books that I've published so far. And the, the one that I'm thinking of in particular is called uh, the small gray mouse and other short stories. That was that's the one some people really like it and some people are like, what is this crap? If you look at the Amazon ratings, there's one rating that says this is pure genius and I think that the author is enlightened. And then the other one, you know, that says this is a waste of ink and this person needs psychological help. So that's the book that it's one of my favorites, um, but it's obviously not going to be for everyone, but it has a lot of elements of uh, the international or the inter, the interdimensional coffee house. Uh, in the woven into the stories and it's sort of subtle so that at first you don't realize that you're already kind of following that thread and then toward the end it starts to become more clear that the interdimensional coffee house is, has a prominent uh role to play in uh in oh the, i love this concept mm -hmm. uh, similar concept why i like this concept because similar kind of concept there there are few stories uh which are more earthly, you know, yeah. based on uh, issues of earth, like, you know, story of Superman, Batman, or whatever, you know, different yeah. comic characters, DC and Marvel. But some stories are beyond this earth, you know, mm. like the Silver Surfer. Mm. He's serving something beyond, you know, he's mm. serving something. And that thing comes into picture uh after a long time who is mm. he mm. the galactus and how was he made then the stories of his origins in that story there is a story of universal library like okay. akashic records yeah yeah that uh, higher gods and higher beings take care of that library 
that's a special library in which all the data of all many universes, many cosmoses is contained there. Yeah. And whosoever has got the access to that library would have all the knowledge mm. of, uh, you know, taking control over the powers of universe. Wow. Yeah. Uh, in, the, in the same way, I like this concept of uh, intergalactic coffee house where all the civilizations can come to one point and mm. interact over a coffee. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, good feeling is also there that, uh, you know, we don't have to uh, invade any civilization where can, when we can talk over a coffee. Mm, exactly. If we can yeah. do the same in human form in our coffee house, then why can't an uh, intergalactic interaction can happen in any such way? Yeah, I think some people are hoping for some form of, well, when the internet was relatively young, I thought that that was what the internet was going to be. And maybe on some level it is, uh, but it's also, be, it's, it's a lot of things, a lot of things that weren't predictable have come as a result of the internet. And one thing that was predictable is the, uh, you know, uh, the curating of the, of the internet by the powerful, you know, uh, things like uh, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, and, uh, and then on the other hand, YouTube and Google, you know, like making sure that you know, there's somebody that's watching, making sure, you know, China's doing it in a very obvious way where they say, you know, okay, nothing we approve of is allowed on the Chinese internet. But the, 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 the outside China internet is also kind of the same, unless you get into the dark web and the deep web and that sort of thing. But, but you can still use it. You can still use it in, you know, uh, I mean, as long as you're not doing something illegal uh, on certain levels you know hiring people to yeah, kill yeah. people or or child slavery i mean those things should be should be eliminated as best as possible eliminated. uh but yeah when they get yeah. into weird things one thing i notice is uh is that you know when that when when occult things get censored that's when it's like okay you're overstepping your bounds youtube facebook what makes you think that people ought not to be able to discuss openly about occult things, you know, like, I mean, because, yeah. because they think they associate, oh, well, that must mean child sacrifice, or that must mean uh, weird things, or that must mean conspiracy theory. They find some correlation between conspiracy theorists and occultists or something like that. But, uh, but hopefully, uh, hopefully that's being clarified and weeded out. I've kind of written directly to Facebook and, and explained when exactly, uh, exactly. like like there was that guy, Brian Dahl's album Golden Dawn. And uh, and so I he, there's this picture and he, he looks like very tough and very like his bald and muscular man and it says Golden Dawn. And so I submitted it to Facebook. I submitted an ad, you know, saying boost this post and Facebook said, you know, uh, they they rejected it uh, like on the grounds of it being like extremely extremely problematic you know political stuff or something like that and so i, I wrote yeah, a very yeah. nice letter and i explained you've mistaken this for the hellenic nationalists <laughs> this is not mm -hmm. this has nothing to do with hellenic nationalists what this is yeah. is it's music based on the ritual practices of a masonic style order from victorian england and it's called the golden yeah. dawn and you know yeah. and then they then they approved it and so it, sometimes it just takes direct communication one time i i went and speaking of china um one time i uh i boosted a, a, a post 
Dharamshala, about Dharamshala uh, showing the, the Tibetan refugee camps in, uh, in Delhi, and then the, the, you know, the, where the, the Tibetan government in exile lives in Dharamshala. And then I, I promoted it to everyone in the world who likes the Dalai Lama. And it was rejected. And, you know, it was fully rejected. And so I wrote and I said, hey, re revise this. And then I got this, this rude message saying, you've repeatedly abused your, you know, your privilege to whatever, you know, you've abused uh, Facebook's policies and this and that. And we're going to not only reject this, but we're shutting you down and all of this other stuff. And so, so I, I wrote back and I said, okay. I asked you a question, why are you rejecting this? And you did not answer the question. So what is it about the Dalai Lama that rubs you the wrong, that or that raises such a red flag for you? That I kind of, I because they're, the Chinese flag is red, the Chinese Communist Party's flag is red. So I said, what is it about the Dalai Lama and Dharamshala that raises such a red flag for you? And then, so someone else wrote back and said, we're very sorry, we've approved your post. We've uh, reactivated your account and we've uh, boosted you up to like pre premium, like so like they were like apologetic. So some CCP plant was working at Facebook, in other words, and uh, doing their best to like stomp out anything that that uh, that the Chinese Communist Party didn't want in going into the eyes and ears of mm. the human species, you know, like they, they're kind of overstepping their bounds a little bit. But anyway, so yeah, that was a, that was interesting little fun, fun experiments that I do like I'll I'll um, boost a post on the, uh, the same post in um, in Hong Kong and Taiwan, and then just sit back and see what the ages and uh, and and genders and, and and what cities are, you know, where are the people that like the Dalai Lama, you know, the most and just for my own research. And then I take note of that. And I don't know what what to do with that information. But it's, it's interesting for me to find out who likes what in what areas. So I find that uh, people who do tarot readings in, uh, in Japan, um, will instantly become fans of the esoteric. And so I've, I've started you know, without even needing to pay at all, I just go on Instagram and and search for tarot in um, in Japanese, and then you know just kind of click like once on each post, and then they're following and they're engaged, and then I notice that they're watching. I can see on YouTube that they're watching the videos and stuff like that. So that's interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of interest in yeah, Western they're, they're, cultism. I've I've seen uh, they have been limiting and censoring a hell lot of things mm. and many things uh, us not knowing many things are done in a hidden way mm. and uh, uh, that's why we have to boost our post even more yeah. but then again there is limits uh, in you know the way they the administrators scan our stuff a lot of other witches i have uh, seen that uh, uh, their pages were suddenly closed even because i'm a computer professional so i know uh, that how to keep my mails clean so it's my habit that i don't keep uh, millions or thousands of emails in my inbox i keep 10 to 15 mm. only limited so there are categories that i have made in the same way i have arranged facebook and you know other accounts 
in a you know very easily manageable way mm. but i didn't knew how did that happen because there was no warning mm. no warning yeah. you know otherwise the the pattern of facebook or other accounts is that they do give a warning you know mm. so mm. this thing is happening uh, which is not nice so you need to correct it or delete this post or whatever you know right yeah i didn't knew how did this happen but my 13 years old id was completely deleted without any reason mm. without telling me and without any warning mm. it was completely i tried retrieving it but uh, i tried the old methods in mm. in uh, previous times i had retrieved retrieved my id in those ways but yeah. Or everything was a failure, and all my data was lost <laughs> suddenly. How interesting! So I this... I think some of that might be, you know, um, sort of evangelical types uh, and and others. Like in the case of uh, with where the my my Dalai Lama and Tibet related posts were being um, sort of persecuted by okay. someone that I I'm guessing was was someone who's loyal to the CCP. Um, yeah. If if it wasn't ordered by the CCP, you know, people, people being paid directly to go do these, these things more likely yeah, it's yeah, that, exactly. or it was some loyal person. So there, there might similarly be Christians out there on, um, working in uh, YouTube and Facebook and all of this, who are trying to save the souls of people from, 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 yeah. <laughs> from, from Satan, you know, um, so it might yeah, be that yeah, yeah. it could be that just people that. wielding those powers for their own, they, what they think is a good end, but it's not, it's just might, you know. might, might. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Huh? That's interesting. But, I mean, uh, I, I, I find I people like to... get, people get paranoid and, and start to think in terms of, you know, old sort of arcane models of thinking like like old uh, sci-fi, like 1984, that it's it's some big cabal or some big, uh, you know, organ hyper organized government overseeing eye that uh, by that is using by means of Facebook and all of these other things are persecuting the but I it's not that it's it's never really was that I mean, there's one or two times in history where that sort of thing happens. But I don't know if it's even that organized or clever, you know, I think it's just, you know, I don't know. I guess there's no way to know because who watches the watcher, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Hey, I would also like to ask a little mm -hmm. summary because uh, when you were writing that book, yeah. you gave me, uh, uh, you know, not the final copy, but uh, you gave oh, me when it was a PDF. making. Yeah. It, yeah in making so i read it in bits and pieces but uh, uh, it was good but i would like to know the crux of uh, yeah. your thomas and the wolf yeah what what is uh, what is the message what is the message there's a couple um it's it's layered and i and i did my best not to overcrowd it with things um for one thing the 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 meta thing and this is Spoilers for people who haven't read Thomas and the Wolf. If you are planning to read Thomas and the Wolf, um, skip a bit and <laughs> just skip past this part. Um, I would like for my young 20 something year old dad to read this book because I think that that is a nice thing that I can do for him is to find him and say, hey, you wrote this. 
I think that you might want to read it because uh, yeah. you might want to pick up, you know, where you left off a little bit, maybe just sort of at least give yourself a little bit of a head start, uh, you know, in, in a lot of these things. And so that, that's one level. And so the way that I did that was by making my dad into this character called Samuel, who is now reincarnated as a young man named Thomas. And um, just because I think that uh, whoever he is, if, if he's anything like this Thomas character or who I imagine my dad might be in his new incarnation, if he saw me, and he's a young man who went to college in US and in one of these more liberal oriented colleges, um, then he might see, you know, uh, a, a white, you know, oppressor who, who is uh, culturally appropriating other cultures and wearing, wearing a symbol, you know, on, on, over his heart, which not only is a symbol of oppression in that it's Christianity, but specifically it's maybe he's read the uh, Trinity Blood anime series and has this twisted idea that it's some kind of like proto-Nazi German thing, you know, because they were, it was a, yeah. a group of, of, of German, uh, you know, Christians that were even creepier than regular Christians. And so what would this child think of me and why would he listen to me? What would this young 20 year old version, this new version of my dad uh, think of me? And so so what I did was I, I created the wolf character, which is basically the famous QAnon shaman, the, the guy that had the red, white, and blue, blue paint on his face with the buffalo horns and, uh, and, and went yeah. and stormed into the Capitol with, with all the militiamen with their Confederate flags and, and guns. And uh, so, so, the, so the, 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 the story is that there's a young man named Thomas who is, is mocking this wolf character and uh, but then he starts having a recurring dream and then he feels this he feels compelled to go seek out the wolf and he doesn't know why exactly and so then they meet and it turns out that the wolf not to say that i don't know enough about the QAnon shaman whose name happens to be jacob the wolf's name is jacob in my story and i didn't know that that was his name anyway uh I had my other sort of biblical reference reasons for choosing the names that I chose for the characters. Thomas being the doubting Thomas in the, he's commonly known as the skeptic among the, uh, the, the disciples, but he also was the disciple that came to India and established a church here. Um, but in his role as the skeptic uh, disciple, you know, he's like the, the newest of these biblical characters where where, where the wolf, his name is Jacob. Jacob was Israel. Jacob was the father of uh, the 12 tribes. And uh, he was the grandson of Abraham. So we're talking like kind of old school. So it's a generation gap between um, the Zoomer and the Boomer, the Zoomer and the Gen X, the, the older Gen Xer. Uh, the wolf character is a bit older than me. And so, so there's a lot going on, but it's subtle. And there's a lot that is easily missed if a person just kind of reads it on the surface and says, oh, that was shorter than I, I was hoping that there would be more of this book because I was enjoying reading it. But the thing is, I said everything, I said 100% and not 101 of what I wanted to say. I didn't say 99%, I didn't say 101%. Everything is in the book, it's exactly finished. People want me to write a sequel, 
it's not going to happen because these aren't just like goofy <laughs> characters for a new show. This is me communicating with my dad, letting him know that he wrote a book uh, when he was in his former life. And so that's basically it. Um, the, the, the message of compassion, there was a, there, I saw a video recently where someone was interviewing a Buddhist monk and they said, so Buddhists believe in reincarnation. Do you have to believe in reincarnation to be Buddhist? And the monk stopped and he said, what it is, is that person in your life that you are angry at, that you have an issue with, might be your mother. Like that, that, like beyond, do you believe in reincarnation beyond, is there, re is it real? You know, like just stop and think that this person who cut you off on the freeway could have, could have been your mother in a former life. And so, mm. so in that way, it's an offering of uh, a little bit of perspective or an offering of, of, a, of that same kind of compassion message where the young left tuber, he's a young uh, liberal YouTuber who's always out there ranting against how evil the right wingers are, you know, the political right wingers in America. And so this ultimate, you know, symbol of the political right winger in the QAnon shaman, the one who stormed the Capitol and everything, um, could be your, your own son, you know, and that he might have followed your advice, young man. And, uh, and it was your advice that led him to exactly who he is today. And uh, that's really kind of, I think, the heart of it. Beyond my own personal thing with my own specific dad, that was the crux of it. Is, uh, it's, so it's, a, it's sort of a, it's, a speci it's, it's specifically directed to present day American political uh you know things and and how how people divide and polarize based on these issues and 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 uh they identify with their political party as their identity and they hate the people who who support that other political party and so it's an offering of peace you know to that they don't end up agreeing the wolf doesn't convince thomas that the wolf is right and thomas doesn't convince the wolf that thomas is right about political issues but uh but they find common ground and also one last thing it does is um there's a trope in the u.s where the southern states person you can even find it in that recent movie uh don't look up where where when they show all the dumb people that are gonna they they, they don't they're look they're not looking up even though there's a comet because they're so dumb they're southern they're from the south yeah they're, they have southern accents they wear southern styles of clothes and they listen to country music and so that's the last accepted form of racism in the united states is you're not supposed to be racist against people who are black or asian or hispanic or any of these people but feel free to you know depict southern <laughs> people because they're poor they have funny accents they're poor and they uh they they're maybe they're less educated or they 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 think in terms of old old types of racism and stuff like that so just mock the okay. hell out of them they're rednecks they're they're uh you know that's so that's so what i did was i made wolf more intelligent i made the wolf more intelligent than thomas and i made him okay. actually make some really good uh points that are my points actually so so it was it was a it was it if i met this young man that 
maybe didn't take me seriously because I'm not atheist or didn't take me seriously because I'm not woke enough or, you know, I'm, I'm not following the script of all the things you're supposed to do and not supposed to do. Um, not just constantly apologizing for the color of my skin or for, for, the, for the terrible things that my ancestors, distant cousins did, you know, um, then, uh, then I should be disregarded. And so I was saying, well, if I had my dad's ear, if I had this young man's ear, and he, 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 he gave me five minutes to impart whatever wisdom I as a Gen Xer or I as me, Edward, uh, would have to impart, what would I say? So I wove that in to, uh, to, to what the wolf says. And, uh, and so it's, it's a little unexpected because people would assume that, 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 oh, well, Thomas is obviously the good guy and right, and the wolf is obviously insane and wrong. And it's a story about, you know, how we're all gonna learn how stupid this Southerner is, you know, this, this man with a Southern accent, you know, because I've used the accents and some of the terminology to show that this guy who's standing talking about how proud he is of being uh, descendant of Vikings and descendant of Celts has a little bit of a Southern mm -hmm. accent. So everybody's expecting him to be a joke. And he's funny, he's interesting, but he's also kind of deep and uh, he has his, he has some deep issues and he has deep, deep, deep love and respect for his father. So when he, he has a moment too, where he realizes that this kid who's been, who's been mocking him on YouTube is his dad. <laughs> and so you see him kind of, <laughs> kind of break down and absorb that information. And he's, he, he puts his head down and he, he can't even talk for a while. First he's crying and then he's laughing. And then finally he says, follow me. And then he takes Thomas to the place where, where he reveals to him uh, who he is and then gives him the book that he wrote, which is basically this book. Um, so that's Thomas and the Wolf. That's basically the whole story. I wrote it for my That's dad. Awesome. It says on the first page for my dad. It doesn't mean dedicated to my dad. It means no, this is if you read it and enjoyed it. Great. It's not for you. It's for my dad. <laughs> I'm hoping he'll read it one day. He'd probably be somewhere between 24 and 26. Now, the other day I met a man uh, at, at a local shop. I went to go shopping for a present for Pew and he he was, you know, he we were getting along and then he asked me how old I was. And I said, 43. And I could tell he was like, oh, okay, well, I'm only 26. And I said, you could be my dad. And he looked at me and he said, you really know how to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> like just to kind of switch that around in, in one phrase, you know, he's like thinking, oh, well, you're an older person. You probably think I'm a young man who, you know, and I was like, you could be my dad. like. I don't think that I have any less respect for you because you're 26. <laughs> In fact, that makes me, that makes you more interesting to me because you might literally be my dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's nice. That's yeah. <laughs> See, I like your concepts a lot, especially that uh, uh, coffee, coffee, uh, inter, intergalactic coffee. Interdimensional. House and yeah, yeah. Interdimensional yeah, yeah. coffee house. And, and mm. this one as well. Mm, thank it, you. It, it uh, defies time, you know. Uh, you're calling, uh, might be kind of a feeling that you're summoning a spirit mm, mm. out of the eternity, the mm. space, same spirit which was there with you mm. at some point. And uh, in a changed form, 
Yeah. First, as a father, then maybe as your brother or kid or someone mm. that, uh, yeah, this is a book that you wrote. Yeah. yeah. Did, yeah. I, did I write this? Yeah. <laughs> then you tell him the stories and the, uh, you know, the chronicles, adventures of his times. That <laughs> yeah, he did. of himself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he always told me I was the reincarnation of his father Dan Cleveland Reeve. I'm going to write a book about him, uh, hopefully starting this summer. Um, anyway, but uh, so I had this idea that oh well he was my dad I was his dad then I'll, then I'll have a son and he'll be my son. So I had this I had to overcome it because in in our present you know uh, the way Priyal and I are we're not planning to have children. But, but I had a little bit of a thing left that somehow I needed to have a kid in order to pass on the Reeb name, you know, or whatever, or in order to, for my dad to be my son or whatever. And I had to kind of like eventually like let that go with the wind, you know, with the, with the dust of the graveyard, you know, um, in order to, in order to come into the, to the joy of the, of the freedom of our, of, of our lives. You know, <laughs> been bound to some contract I never agreed to. You know, it's not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a billion people. I don't need to like dedicate 18 years or plus of my life and all of my soul's energy in order to add one more. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We are already pretty much into a loop, so mm. we cannot keep on giving, adding the energy to the loop. I, I, mm. You know, even uh, our uh, responsibility is to get our ancestors free mm. from this loop. Mm. That I am get, trying to get free, you also get free yeah. from this loop. Yeah. This is the offerings to the ancestors. Those who are stuck in the loop and they are in a different ancestral world, they should accept the offerings. Mm. Otherwise, I pray for them as well to get out of here. Yeah. from the loop yeah. to, to the other higher worlds and stuff like that. Mm. Or to be free. But might be sometimes to complete the story, you know? Yeah. Uh, see, for example, see it as a bigger picture. Yeah. That, uh, I there mean, are it, duties on this planet. It's not it's popular because people. so many people suffer and there's so much uh, disparity and economic disparity. It's not popular to describe life and incarnation as a game. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. but, but, but I think that, I mean, I, I wrote a poem that kind of described like, uh, I'm going to go back. I'm going to reincarnate. Oh, I love it down there. It's so much fun. You know, like that kind of thing. Like, not like I am a Bodhisattva. And so I, as I'm, you know, <laughs> yeah. flagellating myself, I'm going to, for you, I'm going to reincarnate and suffer again just yeah. because, you know, blah, blah, blah. Versus, oh, I'm stuck and stupid and trapped and I'm just reincarnating because I'm not enlightened. Like, are those really the only two options? Surely there must be a third yeah. option, you know, like, go. There like, must be. A third I like option. that ride. I'm going to go back on that roller coaster. That was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even exactly. the painful parts. It's, it's, it's you know. your choice. It's, yeah. It should be your choice, idly. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, it's a torture room. Now, <laughs> Yeah. When I, <laughs> yeah, when when I meditate and I pray, then I pray as well that you you reveal it to me someday when you are there in front of me. Then you reveal it to me. Either this is a torture house, 
or either you gave choices and mm. if you have given the choices then tell me the buttons because i don't have <laughs> i don't have any clue of the buttons which buttons to push <laughs> in the golden dawn we say by names and images are all powers awakened and reawakened so those yeah, are the yeah. the shape of the button you know is the symbol that so the symbol on on your head is the shape of of his of his teachings you know the uh yeah, yeah the, exactly exactly so, yeah i love that <laughs> here i have my exactly. uh they, they have given a hidden sigil and insignias of the same my dad's class which ring. stone is that oh that's a good question maybe a sapphire um this was my dad's sapphire? ring i, I i'm oh, not sure that's I'd, great i'd have to get a ouija board or you know something to ask him but um or or an expert to look at it it's blue at any rate um oh i think it got chipped somewhere along the line it must have gotten dropped and broke but i didn't realize i'm working a lot on crystals nowadays mm -hmm. so uh i was trying to identify what what stone is that because yeah. some of the stones like yeah this is something different i haven't seen uh anything like this I think in the move from Goa, stone? it got damaged because this is, is that a blue sapphire? Time. Yeah, star sapphire, maybe. Um, this is the first time I've noticed a chip in it. <laughs> well, you know, things happen. It's like the like I was saying about Vajrayogini and the uh, the sand mandala. Even my dad's ring is a thing, you know, that ultimately is going to return to dust. So. Yeah. I, I used to teach this method where, uh, where it's I, based on the altar bird offering symbolism, which is um, they would sacrifice animals in the old days uh, in, yeah. in, in the Bible. And uh, so I have people stand before a cauldron of fire and anything they think of. I mean, I wouldn't I usually wouldn't say it out loud, but like, you know, if it's your own mother, if it's your lover, your wife, your child, your baby, throw the baby in, you know, like. I mean, I would let people come to that on their own. I don't like tell people that, except for right now, I'm telling people that because I'm talking to you yeah, and yeah. in the context of this whole conversation. Um, but then I clarify, you're not doing black magic to harm your baby. You're not doing black magic to kill your mother. What you're doing is yeah. you're fast forwarding your, your soul to the point on the timeline where your own mother is dust, you know, and where that baby is dust and where this class ring is dust. And so we're just the lightning path, right? We're going to, we're going to throw it in the fire. My favorite doll, my favorite soft toy. Oh my God. It breaks my heart to imagine like throwing it in the fire. But for, as part of this exercise, I would have to do it and not only do it, but I would have to endure the real emotions that come up as a result of it and then get past them. And then, you know, good, bad, you know, attached, unattached, irrelevant, whatever it is, throw it in the fire until there's nothing left. And then only when there's nothing left, then you yourself climb in and you feel and smell the cooking of the of the muscles of your body. And then eventually your bones explode and then uh, there's nothing left but the smoke rising up to that highest star. And so I would I would lead that meditation before any ritual work just to get people into the astral to get people out of the I mean it's it's not even the physical world it's like their microcosm mm, that's the, that microcosmic tiny world within 
the the human senses experiencing the physical world it's like not even the physical world if you can get to the physical world you're like you've gone really far you know like you're, you're almost there if you're in the physical world most people are just in a record of their own sense data and trying to find meaning and identity in the records of their sense data and uh and and you know it's like that's that's so far away from the goal you know that it's like ridiculous and so so i would do this exercise which really fits with the theme of our conversation i think um so yeah that's that's something that i'm genuinely going through right now finding out my dad's uh, class ring stone is has chipped <laughs> yeah but it's no it's beautiful yeah. and uh, an opportunity to you have to try to see which stone it is yeah i think it's a star sapphire i don't i'm not sure Hmm. Yeah, because it's quite different. Yeah. Lucifer or Neelam, what we call here. Oh, call okay. it here, Neelam. Mm. And that, that's uh, something different. And this one looks very different. Yeah. And well, when, you, when you're here, I'll show it to you. Yeah, <laughs> show me. When on Valentine's Day of, I believe, oh, probably two, 1985, I gave my dad this little wizard and he had a crystal ball in his other hand but his other hand has since broken off and that was one of the two times only two times did i ever see my dad cry one of them was the one i gave him this for valentine's day <laughs> yeah and he said he always made it face north and i said but why are you making it face north make it face you and so of course these days i always have him facing north so, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> yep. I like the wizard energies as well. And yeah. I connected very much with this word of wizard. Mm. You're, you're called the wizard, aren't you? On, in a certain context? Yeah, yeah, kind of. You know, people started me because I used to write the wiz, mm. something like that at my bottom or the wizard. Mm. So uh, <clears throat> people used to ask me, that uh, have you been given this title oh well you're using it for yourself or what 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 do you mm. want to do because uh, people connect with the word occultist if mm. you are you know serious or right. if you are serious then they would prefer the word adept right yeah or this uh, occultists even the sorcerers are you know taken in another way mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> So in the intellectual circles, uh, occultists, or uh, uh, you know, you can say the magician or scholars, this, uh, yeah, yeah, scholars or something like that. Hmm. So this kind of word is used. So uh, I used to tell people that uh, as a, as the same thing that I told you that I feel it as a responsibility hmm. that we are on this earth. You go just go for a walk on the road and you will see a hell lot of stupidities happening without any reason yeah and we are flaming and firing all those stupidities mm. yeah and there are thousands of misconceptions and misunderstandings happening because mm. we just cannot comprehend if we cannot comprehend our own race then yeah. what if what if the higher message comes 
and mm. what if some flying saucer comes and there are some different beings coming out there if we are not able to comprehend our own race yeah yeah while buying certain stuff in a shop or uh, getting a hotel room booked or purchasing something or getting some kind of property deal or whatever whatever mm. Mm. even uh, with the person that we are living for 5 years 6 years then you get separated you know yeah. a lot of hurt lot of uh, misconceptions lot of guilty that happened mm. why did that happen because of human stupidity yeah so wizard is not my title it's responsibility for which i came mm. i'm not here to become a bloody fool i'm here to become a wizard yeah <laughs> so only then i would not be a burden on this planet yeah beautiful so, <laughs> yeah yeah so this is how i describe a wizard wizard means a wise man very simple mm. but uh, only in magical terms a wise man a wizard means who knows the subtle magic or the energies the flow of energies mm. how it is working at the back end like nikola tesla says that mm. if you see everything as oh, the yeah. forms of energy then you would understand the formula 3 6 and 9 mm. how it describes the whole universe Hmm. 3 6 and 9 <laughs> 3 6 and 9 i can only understand a little bit of three part because hmm. it describes the father soul son and the holy spirit okay, uh, yeah. brahma vishnu mahesh and the holy trinity the triangle yeah and uh, why a triangle because in the mathematics the two lines cannot create an enclosed figure two hmm. points cannot create an enclosed figure so the first enclosed figure is a triangle which is a creation mm. so symbol of creation is a triangle mm. three points and three lines are required yeah. so that is the main point of three but then comes the six and then comes the nine i don't have any clue of why six uh. is important and why nine is important <laughs> but there has to be some kind of very deep mystery in what nikola tesla said regarding oh, this as well wow Huh. I didn't realize that was Nikola Tesla. There's uh in the Chaldean oracles of Zoroaster, which are neither Chaldean nor of Zoroaster, but that's beside the point. Um it talks about the uh the monad and then where the monad is enlarged is the du- duad and then there's the uh the tr- the triad which glittereth with intellectual sections and have multivarious forms and then crossed yeah. crossed with the currents reflected uh in the in like the waters of of creation that that the three was reflected into the six and then uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some like interesting tree of life things happening with the uh the supernal triangle the ethical triangle and the astral triangle and then the whole thing coming together into the number 10 which is uh the completion of of Malkut the completion completion yeah, exactly very exactly interesting still we can relate a little bit uh, in terms of tarot yeah. but uh, abstract how did uh, yeah. but what was exactly, tesla talking yes. about that's the question yeah hmm. that's the question exactly exactly jack parson was another was one but he beyond. was pretty wild <laughs> and he was underrated maybe he didn't get the credit for what he uh, did at those mm. times at that time but now everybody at loves that him. time Yeah. <laughs> Everybody loves him especially in occult communities. Yeah. yeah. Also the HP Lovecraft his mm. stories are more like genius stories 
of yeah. cosmic horror genre. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, but also I have, say, uh, you know, heard that uh, Hollywood have banned all his stories. Hence, all the movies, the proper movies, Hollywood movies, which mm. were made mm. on his concepts. Like there was a movie called Reanimator. Mm. Yeah. And there are many other movies which were uh, the Dunwich Horror and the Call of Cthulhu. There mm. are many, many movies which were made on his uh, concepts. They're all removed from uh, YouTube and all the other channels. I don't know why, huh. but his genre is quite haunting. Might be because oh. of his racism or why he was racist. Maybe, because yeah, he might have gotten canceled in retrospect or in retroactively. Or yeah, you might be right. Yeah. It might be that he that people are reporting because YouTube is trying to like they removed the dislike buttons because people get so many dislikes and then they commit suicide. So their answer is let's get rid of the dislikes. So maybe yeah, well there's yeah. A, there's a correlation between people watching Lovecraft and then committing suicide. So now we're going to yeah. get rid of Lovecraft and you know, it might be that. Did that happen? I mean, people did committed suicides after watching. I mean, movies. it might be like that would be one one thing that I could wrap my mind around why YouTube would would remove it or why uh, why maybe it would be taken off of any other platforms or or whatnot. Um, some things just aren't. I mean, I there's things like the the old Max Headrooms. Um, they're they're very pointed like criticism of aspects of of media itself. And uh, it's, yeah. they're really difficult to find. You can't find them. And but the thing is, if you do find them and then you upload it to YouTube, you can't upload it to YouTube because it's copyrighted. Nobody's allowed to watch yeah. it. Yeah. You know, they have the copyright so they can make sure that nobody can watch it and you can't even find it anywhere. So you can exactly. order it on exactly. uh, DVD, but who's going to order it on DVD? You know. <laughs> but yeah, you can say because uh, uh, I have seen that. Uh, his stories, some of his concepts and his stories, the cosmic horror stuff, the way he projected it, even, even the Luciferians in, in, in the Luciferian way, it came from the Greek or Roman concept of the Luciferian light, mm. the light being and, you know, uh, the Gnostic concepts. That's where Luciferian came from, and then it got entered into Christianity. Mm. So the Luciferian aspect, I understand, it's much more of the brighter side. But his stories are a genius. You know, they are they're beyond life, but mm. it makes hum, a human mind a little bit negative as well. Right. That all these cosmic higher beings are definitely playing with our minds, and you will be able to relate with it because it's already happening. It might but be triggering have, people who, who have certain types of mental, uh, you know, illness or, or disabilities. Illness, or, yes, yes, exactly. Or schizophrenia, exactly. this be, kind because, of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because uh, it is larger than life and it is beyond. And uh, if you see the God concept, his name is Azathoth and he's a blind God. Hmm. And he does not have any, uh, you know, connection with anything. He created everything. Everything was created out of it. But he is not benevolent. He is totally neutral in his blind God. Hmm. And he does not uh, have any connections for anyone, you know. Yeah. And he is knower of everything. But yet, he has not got any connections of benevolent. So 
just opposite to the Christian concept right. of Yeshua, that yeah. it's energy beyond and it's, you know, loving. benevolent, yeah. loving. And yes, there. if you see the brighter side, it has got connection with everything, you know? Mm. It's just that which, which wolf we give food to, you know, if we're giving right. food to the black wolf, like the HP Lovecraft theory, it is beautiful, it is, you know, larger than life. But mm. then, you know, what kind of creatures starts claw crawling around you from yeah. the other worlds, yeah. you won't know. <laughs> hmm. yeah. wow. And the other theory, they are also talking about the eternal, eternal being, but then, you know, only the thinking is changing. The notions yeah. are changing, it's the brighter side. How interesting. It might be, yeah. It hmm. is playing with the psychology. And uh, uh, I, I will tell you the one another movie. Hmm. First movie that you have to watch is The Ninth Gate. Yeah. Yeah. And the other movie which plays with the mind and we, which is quite, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, which has got a bad name for people uh, committing suicide after watching that movies. And there are a lot of movie halls which got burnt because this movie was played there and this uh, movie has got very deep symbolic uh, you know sigils of uh, Astarauth oh. and uh, you know different other Azazel and Astarauth and many other deities yeah it comes for a blink like grains of TV the old you know it's which like movie in the old movies they're 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 grains you know mm. Yeah. What's the name of the TV, movie? On the, on the Antrim. Antrim. The Antrim. Okay. We just finished watching. We just finished watching Archive 81, which was really well done. I mean, I, I won't spoil too much of it, uh, but I'll just say they took a lot of interesting things and wove them together in an interesting way. And they and the the thing that the occultists are excited about is they mentioned the uh, the Agape Lodge in Pasadena once at one point. <laughs> but uh, but there were a lot of things that they a lot of interesting theories and ideas and and conspiracy things uh, and metaphysical ideas and paranoid ideas and they just I mean it, it's amazing that you could put so many things into one. Uh, piece of art and have it not feel cluttered and but they did I, it felt nice I mean it, it was fun to watch it was fun to watch it's supposedly horror but I think it's for me it was just interesting <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah hey I also uh, had one thing in mind yeah. which I admire a lot and the thing the same philosophy I follow myself too because uh, even if you talk about the old organizations then there is a lot of system in that like golden dawn mm -hmm. and even in our aghori sects a lot of things were forbidden to tell you know mm -hmm. and what you are doing is more like bruce lee you know mm -hmm. he's he's breaking the covenant of not telling his sacred martial arts to everyone or right. americans or the world uk people or the world or europe you know He's breaking the covenant. You're also, and I am also breaking the covenant. Mm. And uh, we we are uh, telling a lot of stuff. Nowadays, Aghoris are not following that thing, but there are sacred 
many secret societies which are uh, not easy to reach and i have heard that in kamakya in kamakya there are uh, animal sacrifices mm. and beyond that there is a village the name is meyong and this village is a kind of village where if you go unknowingly without any guide i have heard the stories that there are human cannibalism and sacrifices as well so mm. there are many secret sects there is one of my female friends she is living in jharkhand there is a place in bihar which is called jharkhand so just 5 6 hours drive from her home is a village and there is a very bad name to the village that men cannot enter into that village there are women living there with certain secret rituals and they have sex with them and then you know like uh, uh black widow spider they eat their own mm. wow husband <laughs> mm. after laying eggs inside so mm. this mm. kind of cannibalistic tantra is there in nature as well mm. but it's in certain sects where they don't have to they have to keep mum of their rituals yeah. mm. in aghori sects as well there are many secret sects which don't reveal their stuff but our masters and our gurus and many other sects and uh, recently i came in uh, contact with the head of all india aghori federation he used to talk to me his name is adeshnath you can see his videos on youtube okay and he is talking about we'll put yeah. them up here all right <laughs> yeah, surely 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 i'll be going to gujarat mm. yeah and mm. i'll tell you and once uh, i'll be there i'll try to keep him in uh, by my side adeshnath and uh, might be i will take some uh, rituals and i will take some uh, i will give him his offerings and then i will take initiations from him as well yeah uh, that those are my plans but he is very knowledgeable about lot of stories mm. around what are the stories and what is the reality of agor and yeah. you know the old mythical stuff what is actually the reality huh. so yeah there are a lot of sects which are keeping mum yeah. but many of us are opening up about lot of rituals because uh, at the end it is for everyone hmm. yeah only yeah. it's your responsibility to you know if you have ak47 in your hand then you're right. not going to fire it on everybody it's for protection of people you know yeah. not going to yeah. fire it on everyone so yeah. this is not what we're going to do uh, you know it's our responsibility not to do the painful magic or stuff like that yeah in my mind it's it, it's i mean i i think that if there's something that i've revealed or helped to reveal through this platform that an evil man can use in an evil manipulative way i don't know yeah. but if there is i think that that is less by a lot than um you know the the fact that there are people who are interested in these things who don't want to join any of these cults or any of these organizations with their social hierarchies and where you have to like act a certain way be a certain way subscribe to a certain you know this or that in order to finally maybe one day get the information which it turns out was stupid to begin with or or people who had had like maybe had 
had wondered about, oh, is this related to this? And then to have you and I come on here and say, absolutely, these two things are totally related and here's why. And, and then further, this is, you know, and so, so for them, the benefits out for me, in my mind, the benefits of doing this uh, out by far outweigh the possible, uh, you know, dangers or drawbacks. Um, I don't think we're giving anyone an AK-47 with this, um, but but I think that we we might help even just someone to feel less alone. Maybe somebody who watched yeah, Lovecraft yeah, yeah. and they're starting to have suicidal thoughts will watch this and say, you know, we didn't answer any questions, we didn't explain it, but we talked about it and we addressed it, and then you know, like maybe maybe that will help them, you know, or or maybe. Uh, you know, they, maybe someone's going through some some horrible experience of impermanence where they've just lost a loved one or or something like that, and then they can they can you know hear this and you know because it's one thing to see a meme that says you know oh well let it go because everything's temporary you know okay screw you but like to hear us really get down into it and why that's wisdom and how that's related to Buddhism and you know, and the different forms that it can take and the different forms that it does take and how that's affected us in our lives and all of this can can help people. I mean, paradoxically, to feel to feel commonality, to feel community, to feel, uh, you know, not so alone in their loneliness and not so alone in being alone, not so alone in the fact that there is loneliness that we all share or, or to, to experience a, a togetherness in present time of the experience of impermanence and loss. You know, I, all of these things are- Yeah, yeah, are, exactly, are, exactly. Are, it's a net positive, you know, so, so that's, that's how I look at it, I think. And I mean, so many of the things that I've so-called revealed were revealed already by Crowley. Um, I'm, I reveal some of the things about the specific group that I came from that maybe have never been revealed. Uh, but they, but they're more yeah. just as like not as like great secrets or anything, but like an interesting case study in human behavior and cults and is and specifically in Golden Dawn reenactment cults. Um, that yeah, I've met a, I've met enough of them to know that they that they're similar to uh, ego trips and games and, and, and that go on in in smaller Golden Dawn reenactment cults uh, and in in more than one of the bigger ones. Um, so. So yeah, I, I I don't know. I think it's good. I mean, but ultimately, it's it's also just a, a nice excuse to talk to people <laughs> and to talk to people yeah, who, are, who yeah, have yeah, similar yeah. interests. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's it's also uh, you know kind of networking with uh, yeah, you know, kind of the same coffee house that you're talking about. Exactly. Uh, people yeah, have... yeah, yeah. This is what I. I, what I envision as the sorts of conversations that might go on at that interdimensional coffee house, as opposed to the really inane and dumb, you know, when I would go out, I used to, when I was a kid, I mean, this is inspired by the fact that I used to go to coffee houses all the time. And one of my great mentors, Gordon Beam, was fam quite famously ran, at least Pasadena famous. Jack, Jack Parsons is Pasadena famous. Gordon Beam is Pasadena famous. Uh, he ran the espresso bar, which was there from the late 80s until... Uh, the mid 90s or even the late 70s until the mid 90s and so all the kids that grew up in that generation before they were old enough to go to the bars they went to the espresso bar 
and uh, read poetry and wrote poetry and and drink coffee and and uh, listen to Gordon Beam rant and rave about Jack Parsons for among other things. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so that that kind of inspired my my love of that imagery and then uh, you know. Uh, but yeah, occasionally I would have a, a nice caffeine fueled, uh, you know, connection with with a stranger, with someone I maybe I never even got their name and don't even know where they're from, but a connection was made. And, and so just kind of expanding that to include the multiverse, you know, and uh, and all of that is, uh, yeah, a beautiful thing, I think. <laughs> yeah. And this concept of initiation, of self-initiation. Mm. It was already there, you know, it was already there. It didn't came new and there are rituals in Aghori as well mm -hmm. that people can get self-initiated and ritual is just the body, you know, you add soul into it through your feelings, you know, yeah, through your energy. And in ritual, you should know what represents what. Mm only then it becomes powerful yeah yeah in, in our ritual I'll, I'll tell uh you know uh, in, in this uh, session i would like to tell one very beautiful thing that hindus can do mm. you know in in hindus one point which everyone agrees to and everyone uh, lays emphasis on and all the gods revolve around that energy is Shivalingam. Mm. It is the primal thing. Shivalingam, Lingam is not uh, Shiva's penis or something. Lingam in old Hindi language, it Linga means symbol. Mm. Now, question is symbol, symbol of what? Linga is a symbol, you know, but mm. symbol of what? Symbol of what? Now, it's a symbol of a story, story of origins, of Genesis. Mm. That's Lingam. Yeah. Below at the base is the point zero, the absolute nothingness, the god Nu or Nunu of Kemet of Egypt mm. yeah or the Greek chaos the chaos or Ayn the veil of negative of existence coup yeah in yeah, the yeah. uh in the in the uh, uh the Gnostic church of the black sun down in South Africa they call it coup 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 mm. exactly mm. exactly oh they gave me that mantra while while uh, I was chatting with those people mm. yeah there was a black guy who was chatting with me and he mm -hmm. uh, I gave him my mantra and he gave me his mantra mm. he uh, he didn't tell tell me the meaning at that point of time because he went offline mm. and uh, uh, then we didn't uh, got time to talk together but coup ho who was his chant that he used to do yeah so the base the base is absolutely nothingness it's a kuho you it's spelled like kuho who but the the ho is kuho you kuho you yeah yeah and what is ho and what is you it's the the other two veils of negative existence uh ku is no thing and then uh ho 
is no limits and then okay. and then you is limitless light basically wow. it's it's it loosely can translate one on one to one into those to those three exactly exactly mm. so i can relate it a lot with their spirituality in mm. in, in kuho who concept kuho you mm. concept and there is a explanation of egyptian ank mm. concept and this shivalingam so it's the origin point the base is absolutely nothingness and from a thing from absolutely nothingness the zero point something happens the eternal force creates something and there is a huge lingam mm. nobody knows what it is but it's a lingam because mm. we don't understand about it hence we give it a name a lingam mm. yeah now that lingam because as to create everything definitely some debris is required some raw material is required to create something so the lingam contains everything that you can think of or you mm. cannot think of mm, mm. yo it's the potential it's just the potential lingam has everything from nothingness comes the lingam and from yeah. lingam comes the forms lingam itself is beyond chaos it's chaos from absolutely nothingness from the god nu comes the first energy which is the darkness and which is apophis who mm. apophis the pitch darkness which is which is unstable but which has got all the limits all 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 the energies everything is inside but it doesn't have any form it's just a chaos you know yeah but it has a potential from the heart of apophis something happens that first stable energy comes which is atum yeah in the same way from the lingam from the limitless potential the first forms come which is shiva and shakti purush and prakriti male god and the feminine aspect whatever it is so beautiful theory so it's a guru it's a living guru it's the living point of origins so so you can get human gurus later but if you don't have the human gurus you go to the origins you know you go to the shivlingam mm. yeah write a letter on a plain page it's a self initiation process write a letter write your signature in the letter in an application write all the feelings make it precise and rewrite the same letter with a wooden stick with uh, uh handmade ink that you make at home so in that ink what you use you light your altar you light candle you light everything yeah you use all your essence whatever you use yeah call upon your gods your energies your way yeah create that uh ink add a little bit of uh, uh turmeric mm turmeric powder add a little bit of salt add a little bit of red sindoor you know mm -hmm. that women uh, yeah indian women uh, apply here kumkum you know red powder is added there add a little bit of milk and cow urine if it is available and ganga jal it is available ganga water mix mm -hmm. it all you know pray your prayers say your prayers 
dip that uh, uh, wooden stick inside and rewrite your letter, whatever you have written on that application. Yeah. Mm. Say your initiation prayer, you know, uh, put your thumbprint with that ink on your signature, put your signature and then your thumbprint, seal it with your uh, name, whatever you chant, be it Shiva, be it Christ, be it whosoever, you know? Yeah. Seal it with uh, your God's name, you know? Read that uh, initiation three or four times and then go to Shivalingam, recite it and put that uh, you know, letter on Shivalingam, you know, mm. give your offerings there. Okay. So uh, <laughs> picking up where, where we left off. Yep. So we were talking about, because uh, we were talking about the initiations process, we were talking about how <clears throat> some lights of Lucifer Mm. are not obeying the order and they are creating something different and they are showing the torch to everyone. Mm. Mm. So this is somewhere necessary as well because, uh, uh, you know, many modules, how did this NLP and neuro-linguistic programming and Akashic records and many other different programs came into picture Definitely, it came from the knowledge of Freemasonry, Golden Dawn, Aghor, Nath Sampraday, Buddhist, energy, you know, whatever they used to do, yeah, and witchcraft and older wisdoms. All these modern things came into picture in much more scientific way. Had it been the case that people didn't have access to any of these things at all. Hmm. So, these courses would also not be available in much more modern format, mm. which is quite understandable, much more understandable for people. Yeah. It is because of some people who uh, dared to speak and who did their study, made their modules, created a methodology and <clears throat> told it to people, initiated mm. people in that. So, as you initiated a lot of people out of, uh, you know, your sect and your ways. And mm. now, even though uh, being a member of a reputed society like Golden Dawn with a management and hierarchy, you still are an individual and individuality holds its place because we are doing our own work now, yeah? Mm and being into different orders, Aghori order, whatever order that I'm in, we dare to tell and speak, and we understand the significance of initiation, what it is, and I think it holds an importance. And uh, sometimes people ask me, there are a lot of debates that why is guru necessary? And why is master necessary? Is initiation important? or not important. So <clears throat> the same question has been answered by Master Osho that uh, those people who have received many people in their life, yeah, and they have got guidance, 
like a silver spoon in their mouth, you know. Mm. They would say that master is not important because cosmos, they don't yeah. understand that cosmos have already provided them many gurus. Right. So obviously, you would say that guru is not important because you are already getting it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Mm. But mm. those people who are not getting any wisdom from anywhere and they have to start from zero all over again and then you know there are many people who break their confidence now this information is incorrect now you have to read something else or we will give you a new initiation yeah those kind of people they definitely need a master because many people have created confusions in their mind so this is right or this is right so those kind of people need a master so initiation mm. is important it's a stamp it's a mm. psychological stamp which pushes you you know and literally you're standing on uh, you know uh, a mountain cliff and initiation is that i'm standing at your back and i'm you know kicking on your back and making you jump into the ocean that's mm. initiation otherwise uh, i ask my <clears throat> people or whatever students who can come to me do you think that the ritual that i'm doing it's much more magical than the act that your mom and dad did in order to give you birth and they summoned a ghost into your mom's stomach and after nine months a ghost take a human form and comes into picture isn't that initiation hmm. isn't that initiation yeah, and that's yeah, much, sure. much more much more magical yeah. than what i did yeah, yeah? I am pushing you off the cliff and I'm putting a psychological and spiritual stamp. Yes, there are energies. There are fire rituals. There are energies which appears and then it starts coming into people's dream as well. Mm. But it's also a very psychological stamp that it gives a confidence to people that yes, now they're on a path. Nobody yeah. can confuse them then. Yeah. Okay, no, no, this is wrong and this is right. Now there is a psychological stamp of a master no doesn't matter what who who says what you follow the path because you are initiated now so mm. it's a stamp it's a psychological stamp because there are a lot of confusions out there so people would not be able to sustain one path so people uh, start meditating one way and they shift to the prayer ways and from the prayer ways they start gazing into candle and you know lord knows what yeah. so there is no one fixed method that people do because of confusions because sometimes somebody says another thing another one says another thing you know so <clears throat> initiation is important and it's not important i feel the person who is intellectual and who can read between the lines and who has got the gift they don't need any initiation but initiation is still happening with them in another way mm. It's a cosmic event for them. And initiation is not one time. It's a lifelong process. Mm. It keeps on happening till the time you attain what you are, uh, you know, you, what you are present to attain here. And even after that, who knows what process keeps on happening if this world is dynamic yeah. and it's here for eternity, since eternity, from eons of time, we cannot calculate it, mm. then even initiation is endless process and it keeps on happening. 
Yeah. So we are here to kick people off the airplane and off the cliff so that they have a stamp that, hey, nothing happens. Somebody has kicked you, they have initiated you, you jump into the cliff, nothing happens, you didn't die. Mm. You just know, understand how to swim. Yeah. You understand yeah. how to diet. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Yeah. <clears throat> So this is what is initiation for us. There are deeper processes as well, mm. uh, you know, forbidden processes. All those, you know, jargons are there. Mm. But initiation means take the step. You dare to take the step. You dare to go into the woods, you know. Once you go into the woods, then woods are going to tell you <laughs> what they hold inside them. You know, you will get the knowledge. So the initiation in many uh, different sects are different. Our Aghor system is different, but there is a very beautiful and powerful and simple way that I was about to tell. Yeah, that you had you had described how to create the ink, and then you talked about uh, bringing the you make a copy of it and you recite it, and then it was I think we cut out right then. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So you recite uh, it with the once, Shiva Lingam. Yeah, recite it in front of, uh, you go to the temple, recite this prayer uh, three times or four times or how many times, whatever you feel like, whenever you, you know, uh, till you get the energy, till you get the feel, till you get the vibe, you get into meditation, till the time you can read, then go to temple, give the offerings to Shivalingam, mm. yeah, read it in front of the living guru, which is the Shivalingam, the point of origins, yeah, because you have your ancestors have given the value to that system. So yeah. those energies revolve around you mm. at those times when you're doing this process. Your ancestors, previous masters, millions of them, and the point of origins, which is Shivling. Mm. So you say your story in front of Shivlingam and with the magical ink that you made with your own hand. Yeah. You come to home after giving offerings, Put that in your cauldron, put a little camphor there. You can put a little bay leaf as well. Or if you have the beetle leaf, palm, you can also uh, put that over there mm. and pray, burn that, light the fire, mm. burn your uh, initiation chit, the paper that you have yeah. created. Yeah. And um, Meditate there for some time and say your words in front of uh, that fire to invite the beings, invite all the energies into the fire element because it's one of the purest. It cannot get corrupted. It burns everything. It makes everything pure. Mm -hmm. So whatever the ashes are left, you use those ashes to Put it on your whole body, your head, your throat, and your belly, your, you know, on your arms. Then the whole day, just wear the clothes and uh, do not take a bath for that day. That's yeah. it. This is the symbolic, you know, putting the ashes of your prayers and your, uh, this is symbolic initiation. This is self-initiation process that anybody can use in Hindus, in anyone, anyone can use it, you know? Yeah. And doesn't matter if uh, in front of Shivling, you uh, take the names of your Christian God and mm -hmm. write 
the Christian God name in that paper that you have created for your uh, initiation mm. prayer. Yeah, doesn't matter. You can use any which ways, but you are in front of the point of origins. You know, the feeling yeah. matters. Yeah, <clears throat> that is a beautiful uh, self-initiation process for those, and it is magical. I have seen that people transform. They start taking things seriously and their routine gets settled down. Mm. And slowly and slowly, as the time passes, their meditation becomes deeper and they go deeper inside their mind, body and soul. Mm. So very beautiful process. Anybody can do it. And you call the names, you know? Yeah. You select the sect, all the gods, you feel that you are an Aghor, you are made for an Aghor, you are an Aghori, you are made for an Aghori sect, you feel like that, then say it in front, front of Shivalingam and in front of the sacred fires. If you feel that you are a disciple of Guru Goraknath or Michendranath or from Nath sect, you know, mm. you don't have any master. You're not getting any links like that. You say that in front of Shivalingam and in your sacred fires, you know, you feel that you are in old times, you were a witch, say that in front of whatever, those energies are gonna take over you and they are going to enter in your life. Hmm. Because Shivalingam listens all the calls. Since lifetimes, it has been listening to all the calls. Just like, you know, in Mecca, there is a you know place where there is a stone. Maybe that was a meteorite, and they uh, believe that meteorite, whosoever has touched that meteorite, that meteorite holds all the hidden information about all the people. Mm. Whosoever have touched that that stone, they call it Sange Hayat. Sange Hayat means stone from the heavenly abodes. Mm. How interesting! Yeah, in the same. Yeah, in the same way, it is uh, uh, there in Shivalingam, you know, and especially if it is ancient Shivalingam, some Shivalingams are created by reciting chants and rituals. They create it with uh, marbles, yeah, and crystals or mud or, you know, with uh, solidified mercury metal, something like that is the Parad Shivaling, which is called. So those shivlings are also very powerful, but there are ancient shivlings as well, like in Kedarnath, you know? Those are ancient ones. If you can do this thing in front of an actual living ancient shivlingam, then it's very powerful. Mm. Or very beautiful if you can go on a trekking and do it in Kalasha. Mm. There are five Kalashas, so yeah. you can do it in any Kalashas or nearby place where is an ancient Shiva temple. You know, you can search for it. And if it is an ancient Shiva temple, there is ancient shivling. It holds a lot of power. Wow. If you do it, yeah. My, my, I have a brother, uh, you know, spiritual brother, Robbie. Maybe you've seen him uh, here on the podcast. He okay. has been looking for a good uh, uh, teacher, guru, master, to show him Mount Kailash. And he was interested, he, he was asking me about Sadhguru 
and Pio and I gave our opinion on Sadhguru, which isn't totally negative, but it wasn't totally positive either. So he was asking if maybe I knew a, a better uh, person to to go on a tour of Mount Kailash. Is that something that yeah. you offer or do, or do you know someone who does? Uh, I haven't went to Kailash myself, but okay. I have went to Kedarnath. I mm. have went to Kedarnath. <clears throat> but there are five Kailashes. Yeah. Oh, okay. One is Adi Kailash. Another one is Shri Khand Mahadev. Yeah. Uh, another one is Kinnar Kailash. And uh, one is uh, this uh, Kailash Mansarovar. Yeah. Mm. And uh, the, there are one, one uh, Mani Mahesh Mahadev. Five Kailashes are there. Mm. Yeah. So there are three or four Kailashes which are quite accessible to us, but very difficult, tough trek. For 35 kilometers or 20 kilometers, Kinnar Kalash is bloody 45 to 50 kilometers track. Only the local people attempt to go there, mm. but it's a beautiful place and it gives you chills, you know. Wow. But a very powerful place, very yeah. powerful place. But I am planning to go to Kalash myself someday. Mm. Yeah, very nice. I personally uh, don't know any gurus or masters. Uh, who go there regularly mm. and uh, offer them to go to treks there and give the knowledge of Kailasha. Right. You have to find those people because those people who are living uh, in the plain areas, they will initiate you, they will give you the rituals, but they are not going to travel. You know, They are not going to travel with you anywhere. Right. You, know? you go to them once again to ask for some other new ritual or meditation. They will tell you, they're not going to travel with you. Yeah. And those traveling monks, they are different. They live in mountain areas. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Uh, maybe maybe you, me, and he, when he's uh, here in India, we can go on uh, that or, or some other interesting trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ob obviously, surely we should do. And uh, many mountain places are there, mm. which are very, very magical and very powerful. Yeah, and I have a lot of places in my mind that I have to visit and meditate and do my rituals there. Yeah, I'm hoping to go to Bodh Gaya this year. Bodh Gaya. Yeah, that's that's also a very powerful place. Yeah, living Buddha energy is there. It mm. is there. Mm. Hmm. Very beautiful. Well, thank you so much for for coming on here. It's been uh, it's. I mean, I, this, is, this is your third time on here. And uh, I yeah, mean, I, it's my third time. I know we could we could probably keep talking for the rest of the day and into the night, but uh, you know, in the interest of keeping this uh, episode under four hours, uh, maybe we should yeah. wrap up. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, yeah, surely. But we can definitely, uh, you know, think of the things when you know when we listen to this later, we will we'll take some notes and say, oh, oh, we should have covered this issue. Oh, we should have covered this topic, and then we. We can do this again exactly maybe, exactly in person uh and uh and i look forward yeah. to i look forward to seeing you when you come to delhi how how long are you going to be up there because i i seriously might be interested in coming up and and seeing punjab uh maybe next month for next hearing okay you're you're coming down here just for a time and then going back though right yeah yeah okay yeah. you're not shifting to delhi 
No, 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 I'm not shifting to Delhi anytime okay. soon. Okay, then because... at some point for sure, I would like to come up there and... Uh... Yeah, surely, surely, anytime. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I have a, a love of, of Guru Nanak and, uh, you know, I, I'm fascinated by that region and um, uh, on, a, on a few different levels, some I'm in touch with and some are intuitive. Uh, I think maybe I was there once I don't know what the context was, if I was one of Alexander's men or what, you know, uh, yeah. but, but yeah, it's definitely, a, oh, and our neighborhood we, where we live is, uh, you know, is 99% is Punjab uh, living here okay. and uh, Sikh and Hindu. And so, I, I mean, I, I always felt, I, I just got a message actually, while you and I were talking, I got a message from a man that I didn't realize was a student of my dad's. And uh, here, I'll read it to you. You're familiar with Yogi Bhajan? Yogi Bhajan, yes, yes, yes. Uh, so so my, this man wrote, uh, he, he noticed that I, I, I bought some books. And so he said, Propaganda by uh, Edward Bernays reminded me of books your dad recommended, uh, cited by your dad in his English class at Pasadena City College. He did a whole... Oh, he knew your daddy? Oh yeah, yeah. My dad taught uh, for about thirty years in, at college okay. in a community college. So, uh, so people, you know, some people had him as a teacher and didn't like him because he was too strict or you know angry at times. But other people were okay. transformed by him, you know. And uh, so he okay. says uh, he did a whole unit on self control in which we were supposed to write the question on one side of a flashcard and the answer on the other side and then study the cards to achieve mastery. Some of the questions were, what should students remember about buying and knowing subjects they study? Or what is cognitive harmony? What is cognitive dissonance? What is the definition of compulsive belief disbelief? What is the definition of compulsive conformity? What is a shielding pattern by definition? And then he says, I am copying these off a paper Mr. Reed passed out entitled Questions for the Self-Control Unit. I asked him to please take photocopies of, of these documents because I, I have a lot of my dad's old teachings, but not this. Um, and uh, so questions for the self-control unit, the paper resurfaced when I was moving, etc. And then he wrote, uh, once I started a Kundalini Yoga Club, Kundalini Yoga, yeah. of course, being Yogi Bhajan's uh, school. But I needed a faculty sponsor. Mr. Reeb agreed to sponsor it, i.e. sign a paper, but first wondered why I wasn't studying or involved in the Christian mystical tradition. I had no answer for that, but wanted to bring Kundalini to PCC, and I knew Sikhs from the ashram in Altadena who agreed to lead the Kundalini sessions. So I, I just wrote back, interesting, he him, himself, especially in the 80s and 90s, was primarily focused on Buddhist and Hindu type philosophy and practices. I wrote, I have a feeling he was asking from a place of prompting self-reflection and analysis as to why it is people often gravitate away from the spiritual frames of reference of their upbringing to seek out answers from an entirely different place. Such great stories. Thank you for sharing Sarbat Dabala. So... Yeah, that, that was while you and I were talking, he wrote that. So that, that seemed like something interesting to include, a message from the universe. Yeah. 
So yeah, my dad and have you have you met uh, met him personally? Did you this man, I didn't even realize he was a student of my dad's. Um, it happens sometimes. People find me and add me, and uh, you know maybe at one point they make reference to it, but I forget, and then they share something like that. Um, you know, it, really nice things. There was a guy who, back in the '60s, he was writing about how the media is. Uh, he believes that the media is is making people more violent. And uh, watching violent things on television and in movies is is causing people to act out violently. And my dad loved the paper he wrote. It was like probably the early 60s or mid 1960s, or maybe you know, I think it was 68. It was right after the, uh, the two assassinations, uh, famous assassinations, uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, I think it was John F. Kennedy. Uh, but anyway, he uh, or maybe it was the other Kennedy, I forget the years exactly, but so he so my dad said this needs to be published in the Los Angeles Times and uh, he said he drove this student to the Los Angeles Times and introduced him to the editor in chief and then submitted the paperwork and uh, it was rejected, but the student who was writing to me said that 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 act of of uh, showing that much faith as a teacher not just to say this is great it should be published but i will drive you personally and i will introduce you to the editor-in-chief of the la times really really uh put him on the path as a writer so i i was very happy and proud to hear that story as well that's great that's yeah great. it's nice <clears throat> so it, mm -hmm. there are a lot of other topics which we could discuss later on yeah, but it was a beautiful discussion. It was Absolutely. very good. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of things uh, which I get inspired to write, you know, just by talking and discussing. And uh, after reading your father's book, I was inspired to write myself mm. about the thoughts. Yeah. And uh, because uh, there are a lot of stuff which were coming already and i was jotting down a lot of notes scattered here and there mm. in a different google drives documents and i wanted to make chapter out of it and you know uh, the format of freemasonry texts mm. uh, definitely uh, freemasonry texts are all hidden not much uh, uh, they don't reveal it much but there are uh, bits and pieces there are a, a lot of uh, coded poems that they write you know uh, as to you know which explains the code of conduct the ways and stuff like that mm. the rituals and the meaning of life and stuff like that yeah that format and the way the chapters in bible are written written mm. i was very much impressed by that and i tried to uh, follow that light while i was writing yeah i was uh, thinking about shiva kemetic gods and yeshua directly mm. Mm. that they are coming down through the pyramids and uh, making me write all this mm. and hence the name came to me the game of primal forces Mm. that you are a part of game and uh, there is an i a triangle yeah yeah the same concept mm. yeah the trinity father son and the holy spirit and mm. there is an i that holy i is watching 
the game of chess, which is this manifestation, this earth. Mm-hmm. You know, we are the part of the game. You know, and whosoever will uh, look at the cover that I have created, people will think, oh, that's related to Illuminati or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is, you know, the symbolic is related to Kemet and Yeshua and Bible. And, you know, mm-hmm. the same concept is used there. So I Very was nice. truly inspired to write that book because of transformations. Mm-hmm. And Very the words nice. written in it. When I was younger, I wrote a sto- short story uh, that starts off with the gods playing poker with tarot cards. <laughs> and then based, oh. based on the, when each, each move they make, then it moves the plot forward of what's going on yeah. on earth with the, with the hero. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, very interesting. Well, thank you very much. And I look forward to seeing you uh, next time you come down here. I look forward to spending some time with you up there as well. And uh, surely, surely. And our next uh, when you come here, episode. then uh, there will be the same beer parties and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some. I imagine some nice Sikh temples to see up there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Golden Temple is there, and I have a special temple for you, uh, where Lord Guru Nanak goes oh. to meditate. The same river is there. The name is Kali Bing. Ah, oh. that river. On the banks of that river, yeah, that's mm. where he vanished. Mm. He got eloped. Wow! For sixty-two years, uh, his son Baba Shri Chandra meditated there, mm. and for uh, maybe six to ten years, Lord Guru Nanak meditated on the banks of that same mm. river. So it's a very powerful place. I don't know. Maybe I showed you these last time. Have you seen these? Yeah, I've seen uh, this in your videos that you created. Yeah, the Sikh comics. So here's, there's five of Guru Nanak and there's one for, there's one for a lot of the other gurus. Here he is when he's young. And then uh, when he gets a bit older and he, he's on the path and then he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very seriously on the path here. And then he's getting older and traveling and preaching the word far and wide. And then this is the one where he's older and eventually where he passes away. So my knowledge of Guru Nanak, I have to admit, came from these books. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would yeah. love to find an English uh, translation of the Guru. Forgive me, the Guru. Uh, what's it called? The book? The 11th? Guru Granth Sahib. Guru Granth Sahib. Guru Granth Sahib. Uh, but I, I haven't found one yet, but uh, but one day I will and I'll read it. I have a book about the book, but I don't have the book itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, you'll find it in, uh, you know, parts, editions and pieces. Mm, okay. You know, because the whole book is it's considered the living guru. Right. Yeah, it's very thick and it's considered the living yeah. guru. I've seen them and, reading uh, it, use... chanting yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And you you will see the whole setup of Gurudwara, mm. yeah, the way they take uh, the book on their heads and they uh, travel and they put it on the throne. Mm. It's the whole setup of old ways how Muslim kings used to settle down mm. and conduct the courts. So mm. it's a court of a king, and everything wow. that they're doing. Uh, with the fan and everything that they're doing and singing uh, the chants, the whole same setup used to uh, happen in front of the king's court. Mm. 
Mm. So we are treating that book as a king, you know. That's beautiful. So hence, that uh, book, the whole book, uh, would be given to you in pieces, mm. and then you can keep it at home. Otherwise, the whole book is considered a living light. So oh, it is. There are a lot of rituals. Oh, for that. so there's a reason you can't find it, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, very interesting. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, who was the tenth one, Guru? Gobind Singh. Guru Gobind Singh Ji. Yeah. Gobind Are you related, Singh. by the way? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Amandeep uh, Singh. Guru Gobind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are from the same sect. Okay. And in fact, my maternal grandparents, my maternal grandparents were musicians in the court of Guru Gobind Singh. Wow. The ancestors were. They wow. were musicians. Hence, I am a musician. My mother is a musician. They oh, that's like great. Sing and, you know. And Gobind Singh also, <laughs> this came from him, right? The Kata? Yeah, 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 exactly. And, yeah, the, and then the, 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 the practice of revering the book and the book being the next guru came also from Guru Gobind Singh. Exactly, exactly. Mm. exactly. Yeah. How cool. So Nanak started the ball rolling. I'm mostly doing exposition for the people who aren't as familiar with, with Sikhism who are watching this. Yeah. There was uh, Guru, guru Nanak and then... Not, there was eight more gurus, and then there was Guru Gobind Singh, who was the one that you know you might see, see pictured as a warrior. He he was having to. Yeah. They were in in a struggle, and there was a lot of very heroic events of people being told to renounce their faith, and yet they continued to pray even while being boiled alive in oil and just horrible forms of torture. So just exactly. like some exactly. some of the most some of the most inspiring. Um, just intense, intense. Very intense, very intense. <laughs> this Sikh faith uh, is very intense. Yeah. Oh gosh, they oh, yeah, like, here in the neighborhood they do the fire dancing and then the kids will come and do the sword fighting. I don't know what day they do yeah, that. Yeah. They seem to do it once a year. And uh yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. <laughs> this is called uh, Gatka, Gatka martial arts. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Very nice. <laughs> Okay, so we'll, we'll meet. We'll, we'll meet, meet soon. And, uh, share a lot of stuff. Okay, we'll we'll see you soon. Take we'll talk care. to you soon. Okay, take care. Cheers. Cheers. Good night. Good night. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you, Amandeep Singh for being our guest today on the Esoteric Nerd Podcast. Special thanks to Susumu Ueda and his father and the other monks at Jofukuin on Mount Koyasan for the music you're hearing right now. It's a different part of the same track that was playing at the beginning of the episode. Special thanks also to Bupendra Singh Aluwalaya, pardon the uh, horrible butchering of the uh, pronunciation of your name, for the artwork which uh, was used on the main image of this episode of uh, Guru Gobind Singh. Special thanks to Camille and Kennerly for the harp intro and outro uh, to the interview itself. Special thanks to 
Tangerine Dream for the music that was playing behind the recital of Transformations today. Most importantly, thank you to you, the Esoterra Nerd, listening to this podcast. I will close with the prayer which my father and I performed at the end of our morning meditations. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Good night.